To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you. In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when. Now that will tell you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. All right. Hello, everyone, and a very happy new year to each and every one of you. I am, of course, Jonathan Matthews, your host, reporting live from Richmond, Kentucky, and it's good to be back for episode 17, the very first episode of Southern Progressive Revival in 2016 on this Sunday, January 3rd. So down here in the South, or at least in my house, I'm sure that Joey and Janet can tell me if this is a Southern phenomenon or not. Uh, They say what you do on New Year's Day is what you'll be doing the rest of the year. So while we may be a couple days past that, tonight we're going to bring you nothing but good news. So here's hoping for a very blue 2016 and lots of joy and prosperity for all of you. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the program our wonderful co-hosts that make this all possible. We begin, of course, with Ms. Janet Lee, our very own Ms. producer from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, who has seen firsthand the effects of the torrential rains on Missouri over the past week. So I welcome you, Janet, and extend my prayers and hopes to both you, your family, and the Missourians as a whole who are going through this right now. So welcome to the program, Janet. Hi, thank you. And um, yes, it's been quite a week down here. We've had 20 deaths, and the river will be cresting at the beginning of next week, so Hopefully in a few days it'll be over and we can get the major cleanup going. But welcome to the new year, everybody. Yes, welcome to the new year. And I do hope that things do start improving. Uh, I do too. Yeah, you guys definitely deserve a break. It was a chaotic 2015 for you guys, weather-wise. Oh, it's been awful. You know, I've watched a multi-million dollar home slide into the lake. um, And that's like three miles from as the crow flies across mm. the lake and uh three of my friends lost their home no no and yeah and so one had water up to the ceiling one fema wouldn't let us into when we all went over there mm. to help because the roads were still not stable enough there the the interstates are open but there's a lot of highways that are closed and roads yeah right in this area and then the illinois river is flooding so that has to go south and wow here we go again yeah here we go again so since we're bringing you all good news tonight hopefully missouri will get some really good news coming in 2016 sunshine everybody we want sun yes lots of sun i think they've had their fill of rain for the year (laughs) just a bit just a little bit. Uh, but also joining us is Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee, the man so cool we have to keep a heater around at all times. Welcome to the program, Joey. Hey, hey, hey how y'all doing? I hope y'all have a safe and healthy new year. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for being here, Joey. I know that yes, sir. 
Uh, you unfortunately will not be doing your segment tonight, Voices of Our Black Past, Present, and Future, but we do have something special in that in its place, uh, which I hope that you all enjoy. Uh, but next week, you'll be back at it, so I really look forward to hearing that, Joey. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get back at it. Yes. Can't it, wait to. <laughs> it will be as awesome as always, I'm sure. And last but not least, our very, very special guest host... Uh, for the occasion, we have on Mr. John Arthur Kendall of Mike Check Radio Thame, uh, <laughs> theme, fame, <laughs> reporting live from Missoula, Montana. Welcome to the show, sir. I'm sure that you were going to bring all the class that we need on the show tonight. Yep, all the class. All the class. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the only kind of class that's going to be here tonight, huh? <laughs> but you can't spell class without ass, so I'll make an ass of myself sometime, too. Yes, indeed. And let's hope we don't have any farting incidents on the program tonight. But, <laughs> but I'll, be, I'll be holding you to that classing up the joint promise that you did make it live on the air on Mike Check Radio, which airs every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern here on Indie Media Weekly. So... <laughs> Without any further ado, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into gentle folk and situations. And we have a very fun jingle for you this week. Uh, this is a song that I think speaks to the theme of our show. It is a song that Janet suggested, and I managed to find it as sung by a wonderful woman who is 89 years old. Uh, she's never had a contract or anything like that, but she's a very devoted churchgoer and was performing this for President Obama. So I hope that you all enjoyed this as much as I did. So let's get started with the jingle. Gentle folk and situations. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, yeah. All right, we are going to let our lines, our lights shine this year. <laughs> that took me back to church, man. I know, right? Isn't it hard to believe that was an eighty-nine-year-old? She's and sister Joe is not here. She would have been singing and praising the Lord for that one. <laughs> oh no! If we've lost sister Joe, we've lost the show. Where is she? <laughs> oh, she'll be here. She's okay. Always late. <laughs> Mom says she'll be late to her own funeral. <laughs> but yeah that uh i i thought that was really imp- i remember when i i listened to it and i sent it over to janet for final approval i was just like wow i did not know that somebody at 89 could still have pipes like those that is really impressive i know i just ah it was awesome yes and 
Okay, I got to tell you what the theme was for this block. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, signifies every single one of us can do something. We're getting ready to start in the new year. So we all can do something to fight these horrible right-wing Republicans. So in South Carolina, this Confederate flag went down, down, down. So let's review who started it. Now, they're saying Twitter, but I give, I give the, the honors to this woman, Karen Hunter. Let her rip. All right. Let's hear what Karen Hunter had to say. On South Carolina with a petition which in four days, less than four days, has garnered more than 123,000 votes. And when I say votes, I'm saying votes for a reason. That's next, people. Okay? You voted when you signed that petition. You made a statement, and it was the second fastest petition in the history of MoveOn.org to reach that pinnacle of 500,000. Has the governor of South Carolina, who last week was like, no, I'm not taking a flag down, making a statement today that they're going to take that flag down. We have won, but it's not over. And I was coming for her. I was ready. If she didn't do it this week, we, my goal was to get to a million. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Excellent. And after that, we had already, this team here put together a list of corporations. We wanted to talk to these CEOs that she talked to and these businesses that she talked to that had no problem with the flag because we have a problem with that flag and we're going to go to them to find out how much of a problem they had. We had a plan. But the point is, and I've, had, I've heard this from the lady with the state house, what can you do? It's the law. To some of you out there, what good is a petition? What does a petition do? Why, you know, why are you wasting your time with that? Well, guess what? Voices do matter. One voice, one person can make a difference. Let me tell you something. When I was sitting in my SpongeBob pajamas on Thursday morning, frustrated and angry, I sat and wrote because the pen is mightier than the sword and it's my gift to be able to write. Crafted those couple of graphs to put that petition together, something I've never done in my entire life. I didn't have any expectation other than I did something. So I, I just say to each and every one of you, who, whatever the issue is in your life or in your community, to, to sit back and expect somebody else to come in and do something. I, and I could have sat back and waited for the NAACP to do something, the Urban League, Jesse, Al, all them people out there. They could have done this. This took maybe 10 minutes of my time. Now I'm a good writer. So, you know, and it wasn't like eloquent prose that I put on that. You know, it was just simple, well thought out. This needs to come down. Here's why. Sign it. And then I just tweeted it out. I didn't expect this. 523,000 signatures. And might I go ahead and say before I turn over the mic, because I really want to hear what Joey and John have to say about that. And I I know that this is old news, but uh, certainly the tragedy that occurred in Charleston is a very huge part of 2015 for the South as a whole. Um, Karen Hunter, of course, an amazing voice. And she spoke to a theme that I really hope to tackle a lot this year, particularly coming up on this presidential election, which is that one person really can make a difference. And if you get out there, if you put your voice out there, you really can see meaningful change happen. And the apathy that we have on the left, and I discussed this on Mag Check Radio last night, is staggering and it's terrible. And we need to start caring about getting out the vote, um, about the younger generation going out, because we are a majority liberal country. And if we want to see this country continue the way that it has and not become a oligarchy masking as a theocracy, 
then we have to do something about it. So it's time to get rid of this apathy. And Karen Hunter is nothing if not anti-apathetic. She is a real go-getter. She is a shiro, as we like to say on this program. And uh, I love her. I absolutely love her. And uh, John, I wanted to get sort of your perspective uh, on that. I actually don't know if we ever had the chance to talk about Charleston with you. Um, first of all, like, Charleston was a major tragedy. Um, even though, um, the Confederate flag, you know, is a primarily Southern symbol, they do have a, I think I've brought it up before, there is a memorial in, um, Helena. It's a water fountain but it's for Confederate soldiers, which is kind of, it's interesting to me that a place so far from the South, like Montana is, you know, we're basically Pacific Northwest, Mm -hmm. um, having something like that. Um, I do agree with her that the pen is mightier than the sword because, you know, with a sword, all you do is killing, but, with a pen, you can sit down and you can write why that killing is wrong. Absolutely. So, I yeah. like I said, I do agree with her that the um, the pen was the better way to go instead of you know force forced um, confiscation of the um, flag in South Carolina. Yep, absolutely, and. Joey, uh, I mean, I, I know that you were, you received a heck of a lot of praise when you came on the air shortly after this tragedy and spoke about it. Um, and that was really one of the first times that I had the opportunity to listen to your voice. And, uh, I did secretly hope in the back of my mind around that time (laughs) that one day I would have a chance to be on a show with you. So, you know, yeah, look at us. (laughs) Yeah. Here we are together. So, you know, and that's the reason why I'm on this show now is because of that and people like Karen Hunter. You know, you know, she got her voice out, and I want to put my voice out. And she's right, just like John said. You know, she's right. The pen is mightier than the sword. And uh, thing about the Confederate flag, yes, you know, I grew up and I seen them on people's license plates, flags on their trucks, and in the, and you know, in some of my friends' parents' houses. You know, but they respected me, and I didn't hear the N word or nothing like that. You know, and but you know, it, it, it's it's like uh, the Confederate flag, like on state buildings and stuff like that. That's what I, you know, disagree with. But mm-hmm. you know, if it's personal, that's your thing. You know, I you know I don't care. You know, freedom of expression. You know, freedom of speech or whatever. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, you know, go and beat up some some guy because he's got a got a Confederate flag on license plate on the front of his car. No, I'm not gonna do that. But you know, but I will petition on like Confederate flags on government property. Can you understand where I'm coming from? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but that's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. But I do give her kudos, though. You know, one for her, you know, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> it wouldn't have yep. took that thing down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
But you know, the people here in the South are real adamant about that flag. A whole lot of people and a whole lot of people that that claim not to be racist, you know, kind of skeptical about, you know, they trying to take our flag. You know, got you know, you got these people talking, you know, uh putting shit in people's heads like they want to get rid of the flag altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, ban them like they did the the swastika in Germany, you know, in some parts of Germany. You know, and it's it's not like that, you know. It's just the state, you know, just government property. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it it was a whole lot of evil done up under up under that flag. A whole oh. lot of evil, man. Oh yeah, yeah. And then at the I mean, at the end of the war, they conscripted slaves, the very people that they were fighting to keep as subhuman, to keep as their servants, to treat in the manner that they had. And it's just not acceptable. And, I mean, I personally would love to see it banned entirely. But just requesting it come off of government buildings, like you said, for it not to be hanging over a capital, to be on government land, I don't think it's asking for a whole lot. It's it's no, really... it's not a whole lot. It's no. not a whole lot at all. Not at all. No, because uh, ever since this has been going on, I've been seeing more Confederate flags on people's cars and trucks than any, any time I've been seeing them. Yep. You know, I used to see them a lot, but I really see them now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people have definitely come out and shown but their I'm opinion. Like, look at them like, I don't give a fuck as long as you don't mess with me. Fuck you, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm just being blunt, man, you know. Yep, I know you reserve the beatings for a certain ex-cop, so. uh <laughs> <laughs> But this is a good news show, so. Um. <laughs> It is. It's a start. Yep. A start can ultimately lead to something much bigger. So we hope that it certainly does continue to go and it grows throughout 2016 and the years ahead. And uh, Janet, uh, we'll get to you real quick before we move on to Brie Newsom, another one of the heroes we wanted to cover tonight. I know that you're a huge fan of Karen Hunter. Um, And of course, you brought. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, you brought this audio to us. My girl, Janet. Yeah, so I, I listen to her speak. almost every day, even if I agree don't agree with her, because she always has a point, and um, I've learned a lot. So yeah. she's awesome. She is a very wise woman with a very powerful voice, might I say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to move on to. Uh, oh, actually, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and do Bree Newsom first. So we'll we'll go to Bree Newsom. Uh, I'm sure many of you remember Bree, but let's go ahead and play that audio. And then uh, Janet, since you got left in the back last time, I'll let you comment first this time. So here we go. So Bree, you want the flag down? Yes. A lot of people want the flag down, but why did you take such drastic measures then to do it yourself? Well, I really wanted to highlight just the um, the unjust nature of the entire situation. I mean, the reason why uh, South Carolina has been so held up in terms of removing their flag, whereas you've seen like in Alabama, they took the flag down right away, um, is because, you know, there was this series of laws that were passed in the 60s and then in the year 2000 to protect this symbol of, of hate, <laughs> this symbol of treason. Um, and so the fact that the legislature or the governor can't even move to remove the flag as, you know, Reverend Pinckney is being laid to rest, I think just highlights the whole brokenness and, and injustice of the situation. You wanted to highlight the injustice, as you say, but as we said, they put that flag right back up, up and flying, almost right after you were led away by police. So 
What did you accomplish then? Well, that's exactly how direct action nonviolence works, uh, nonviolent direct action works. Um, it's to draw a clear moral contrast. I mean, there are two options at that point. One is to simply leave the flag down, and the other is to require you know, the black worker to raise the flag back up. And because of the existence of this unjust law, the worker is required to raise the flag back up. And so it just highlights again that you know it's a moment for society to really do a gut check of our values. I mean, why, why is this? Is this really where we want to be in the 21st century, or is it time to put this in a museum and really educate ourselves on the history so that we don't repeat it anymore? Yeah, I mean, you, of course, can't see the video. I'm sure a lot of you probably saw this interview when it took place. Um, But in the video of this interview, they do show in the background the two gentlemen that were putting back up the Confederate flag after police took Bree Newsom away. They were both African-American, which I think was incredibly insulting. Um, I think that Bree Newsom is a hero, Janet. I really do. And she followed the exact same principles of nonviolence Uh, that Dr. Martin Luther King did that led to a great many successes during the civil rights movement. So I don't think that you can call her much uh, besides a hero. Yeah, I totally agree. And this woman and the guy that helped her, there was a white guy at the bottom of the flag helping her get up and get back down again. Um, They're both facing prison sentences and fines up to $5,000. But, like she said, it shows the contrast, you know. And a lot of people were offended, too, with the people getting shot in the church. Their caravan or, you know, when they went to church and um, for their funerals and stuff would have to go right by those Confederate flags again. And they were, you know, so you can't just talk about stuff you have to get out and get something do something and nonviolence, as we know has worked before but you do have to go out there and have a risk take a risk you absolutely do and i mean uh john can can you imagine being brave enough to do something like that, to, to actually go onto the grounds of the Capitol and take a flag down. I mean, I, I am very much for doing as much as I personally can to advance liberal causes and to see fairness happen in this country, but I can't imagine being that brave. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, I had a catch in my throat, but... um. You know, I totally agree. It takes it takes giant brass ones to be like, you know, I'm tired of seeing all this, you know, like basic pussyfooting around. So, you know, I'm just going to take it into my own hands and do what I feel needs to be done. It's it's really commendable. And, you know, my Dallas Cowboys hat is off to her. So. Oh, I did not know that you were a Cowboys fan. Cowboy ah, fan all the way. Same here, brother. <laughs> it's well, been a rough year, but we're, y'all we're true. talking with a raider right here. <laughs> <laughs> boo, hiss, boo. No, I do <laughs> Oh, gosh. Ah, learning new things here tonight on the program. But uh, <laughs> since I love you, Joey, I, I will forgive your <laughs> misaligned Same here, brother. Same here, brother. <laughs> but well, in a uh, couple months, I, I you're going to hear about the Cardinals. Think- 
Well, I don't. I don't really don't hate hate Dallas. I don't like Dallas, but I don't hate them. But yeah, I, I just don't like Baltimore. Don't like San Diego. You know, hey, big rivals. We can know, we can San agree Diego on that. Rivals. <laughs> big rivals. <laughs> so enough of that. But you know that that lady, she was pretty brave. You know, because I know if I had done it, I probably would have been fighting somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, by me being a man, I've been out there fighting somebody. Cause I know someone started a fight. Mm-hmm. She's brave. She was brave, though. But you she know, people like, t- like that take risks. You know, when it comes to things like this, and they and they have risked their lives, and mm-hmm. we need more people like that. Yep. And I I really hope that she is remembered as the hero that she is. Uh, I I hope that the history books do mention her. Um, I know that you know right now there there just are not a lot of people anymore that fight as hard and as long as they once did. And the fact that she's still facing fines and charges. Um, and of course her, her, uh, her friend whose name escapes me. Um, I do apologize. Um, <clears throat> if Jenna knows that she can interject, but, um, but the fact that they're facing fines and charges still is just absolutely mind blowing to me. I, I can't believe it. And I mean, I, I know, that the law is as the law is, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it was proven. the The state of Georgia came together. Um, I I was going to skip over this, but I'm going to play it real quick because I I think that this is probably one of the most famous speeches that came out of 2015 uh, concerning the Confederate flag issue, and this came from a Republican named Jenny Horn who is a member of the... Uh, a female. Yes, a, a female. female. A white female. Republican. Yes, a white female Republican who is uh, related to General Lee. So I'm going to go ahead and play her real quick. Uh, we probably won't have a whole lot of time for comments afterward, um, but I want to at least get this in. So, uh, you know, just seeing how South Carolina ended up coming together at the end of the day was a beautiful thing. So let's go ahead and play this. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for your indulgence tonight, and I know the hour is late, so I will be brief. As a member of the Charleston delegation, I would like to express to you how important it is that we not amend this bill. And the reason we need not amend this bill at this time is because if we amend the bill in any form or fashion, it is going to a conference committee. It is not going to end quickly. We are going to be doing this all summer long. Let me tell you, I attended the funeral of Senator Clemente Pinckney, and the people of Charleston deserve immediate and swift removal of that flag from this grounds. We can save for another day where this flag needs to go where the which flag needs to fly or where it needs to fly or what museum it needs to be in. But the immediate issue, as far as I'm concerned, as a member of the Charleston delegation and speaking on behalf of the people in Charleston, this flag offends my friend Mia McLeod, my friend John King, my friend Reverend Neal, I cannot believe 
that we do not have the heart in this body to do something meaningful, such as take a symbol of hate off these grounds on Friday. And if any of you vote to amend, you are ensuring that this flag will fly beyond Friday. And for the widow of Senator Pinckney and his two young daughters, that would be adding insult to injury. And I will not be a part of it. And for all of these reasons, I will not vote to amend this bill today. We may visit this another session, another year. But if we amend this bill, we are telling the people of Charleston, we don't care about you. We do not care that someone use this symbol of hate to slay eight innocent people who are worshiping their God. I'm sorry. I have heard enough about heritage. I have a heritage. I am a lifelong South Carolinian. I am a descendant of Jefferson Davis. Okay? But that does not matter. It's not about Jenny Horn. It's about the people of South Carolina who have demanded that this symbol of hate come off of the state house grounds. And I will tell you, I do know, and I have it on good authority, that the world is watching this debate. And there is an economic development prospect in Dorchester County that is in jeopardy because we refuse to act. We need to follow the example of the Senate, remove this flag, and do it today. Because this issue is not getting any better with age. Thank you. Really, I think uh, one of possibly the most powerful speeches to come from a Southern politician in the year 2015. Uh, We don't have a lot of time to comment on this, but I do want to go around real quick. quick, If you want to say a few words, Uh, we'll start off with John. I, she, you could feel the emotion that from what she was feeling, and she was right about the, um, politician's family that was, you know, that has to live on seeing that shit. hmm She was absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> I guess we will move on next to Mr. Word. Uh, shoot, that was pretty powerful, man. Almost brought me to tears for a second there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I see the one Southern Republican, you know, has got a heart. Yeah, absolutely. And change, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's unfortunate that it it took a, a tragedy to get to that point. But the fact that she was brave enough to do that and that she mm-hmm. felt that emotion so powerfully, I, I think, was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, last but not least, Ms. Janet Lee. Amen and preach it, sister. i couldn't have put it any better myself (laughs) all right well we are going to go ahead and head to our first break of the show i will keep this brief with just a few promotions uh once we come back of course we will be having uh janet filling in for the voice of spot and she will be uh profiling a uh 
somebody that she very deeply admires. I will not ruin the surprise as I almost did. So stay tuned here for more Southern (laughs) Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country. So we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. everybody, Kim Williams here, proprietor of IndieMediaWeekly.com and IndieMediaWeekly Radio. We invite you to check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice, a Facebook community that many of us are a part of here at Indie Media Weekly. Many of our contributors and listeners are as well. So if you're a fan of Facebook, you should check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice and join us. We are ready to fight, and we hope you are too. And we hope to see you there. Just search for Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice anytime you're on Facebook. Like out everybody every sunday and monday at 10 30 p.m eastern indie media weekly presents the sci-fi double feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre the sci-fi double feature every sunday and monday at 10 30 p.m eastern right here on indie media weekly <laughs> walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics, 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws, we pay our taxes, we fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along, trying to make it better for ourselves and our children. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back or welcome to Southern Progressive Revival here at 730 Eastern. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews from Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, If you have already been listening, then you got to hear our uh, recoverage of the successes that occurred in Charleston and South Carolina as a whole following the uh, terrible things that happened in Charleston. Um, We are, of course, having all good news tonight. Uh, Janet will be vindicating, which we'll be talking about shortly, I'm very sure. Uh, But I would like to welcome back to the program, uh, beginning with our very special guest, the fine Yankee who is classing up the joint, Mr. John Kendall from Missoula, Montana. Yep, I'm still here. Yes, thank you, sir. And thank you for not farting yet. I really appreciate it. (laughs) 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 And next, the woman of the half hour tonight, uh, Ms. Janet Lee, our very own Ms. Producer from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Welcome back, ma'am. Well, thank you. 
we're, I'm happy to be here, and um, Sister Joe is here. Ah, thank you so much for coming. Yes, like I said, she's late as usual, but she is. like my mom used to always say, I think she still does. She's going to be late for her funeral. <laughs> Well, Sister Joe, we have a pretty awesome uh, segment jingle this week for General Folk and Situations. And since we'll be continuing that at the bottom, or I'm sorry, the top of hour two, we will replay that just for you uh, because we appreciate your your patronage. So, um, yes. And you missed it. And I was telling <laughs> you to have that blast at full speed through the house. Full volume. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, so I will remember to play that one more time when we get back to general folk and situations. And uh, last but not least, uh, the man who is taking off voices this week, but will be back with us next week with as much excitement and enthusiasm as he always does, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, sir. Well, hello, John, Jonathan, Janet, and my fellow Southerners. How y'all out there in the chat room? I'm glad you're here to tune in. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much for being here as always, sir. And Janet, this feels a little odd, but uh, I am turning over the half hour to you. So I am going to go get into some crazy business while you control the show. So I I assume you'll keep everything in check, right? Well, I hope to. (laughs) Guys, (laughs) leaving me with these two guys. And I know we have a difference of opinion on this. Like I said, this show is kind of guided by this little light of mine. Okay. So, (laughs) one woman, (laughs) her name is Andrea Constand. And I don't know that you might even not know who the name is or who she is, but she is one of 50 women. Are we getting close? Everybody figuring out who I'm going with? This is the woman that has successfully been able to get Bill Cosby to court. And I know that I'm not saying, I think he probably did it. I don't know. You got 50 people saying something's funky going on, you know, something funky's going on. But um, my thing about her is that she was brave enough to fight back finally somebody did um and she also got the charges filed two days before the statute of limitations ran out which i don't think there should be any uh but the prosecutor mapped out a timeline and it had to do with him making friends with her and then he assaulted her and since the 60s, there's been a lot of women coming forward. And in fact, his this case got brought up by a comedian because there were so many people that knew what was going on um, that he was joking about it. He thought everybody knew. Um, so, but so many of the accusers were up against this wealthy, powerful, and influential man. And he was really beloved by many people. I mean, I loved watching his show. But the arguments were pretty ridiculous. Um, But for the first time, the battle won out for justice. And it was a remarkable win for a brave woman who decided to speak up. And why? Because this case had to overcome three barriers. All right? And one of them we're going to listen to in this audio. 
Okay, Jonathan. Well, Mr. Cosby is doing as well as expected. I hope by now you have received the statement from the attorneys. Part of what we said is that we expect for him to be fully exonerated, and we're actually glad to have an opportunity for these matters to be ferreted out in court. So, certainly, it's a disappointing day. It's uh, sad for his legal team, for his family, that he would be dragged through this, uh, that this would be a political maneuver, that this would be the fulfillment of a campaign promise, as opposed to something that is necessary for justice. We're 12 years in, 12 years after an alleged assault that was fully investigated, at least from this process, is that media will actually take a cold, hard look at the facts and not be swept up into kind of romanticizing the issues because of the many other baseless allegations. He's 78 years old and that he's being charged as a 78-year-old blind man 12 years after an alleged incident. Those are the facts. But he's strong and he's of good spirits and we're going to do everything we can as a legal team to make sure that this has a successful end for him. Thank you. Hmm. <clears throat> now, Think about this. This one is 12 years old, almost 12 years ago. He may be 78 now, but at that time he was 66 and able to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Of course, with Viagra, he probably still can. I don't know. I've never been with a 78-year-old man. I don't think I want to be either. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to keep this together here. I didn't mean to start going down that road. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. All right. What I meant was <laughs> that. Um, Let me shut up. Let me shut up. <laughs> well, you know, because he was an old man, you know, and they're saying this was all political. How many rape victims get told <clears throat> it's political? You're just doing it because you want to make some money. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, so that's not anything new. And women have heard that forever. So that's one of the reasons that this doesn't get out there. And in many cases, time works against the victims. A lot of times victims don't come forward. And they don't come forward because they know what the outcome is going to be. And they're ashamed. And there's many different reasons why they don't come. And the statute of limitation frequently favors the violators because if they do come come right away the bureaucratic process is could be over by the time the statutes uh, expire sometimes it takes that long to even get through the court system to get charges done um <clears throat> so in his case the rape was committed in 2004 there's a 12-year limitation, and they filed two days before it was done. Another thing is celebrities have a leg up on the supposedly blind justice system. Ha, ha, ha. Because America loves its celebrities. And I'm going to say the other fame one, famous one was <clears throat> OJ. Hmm. And um, I thought he was guilty too, but that's just me and so let me see here I got lost so anyway the um, 
we don't want to put away the celebrities and they, you know, there's no shortage of examples where the celebrities abuse their partners, they get DUIs, stab other people. You know, the criminal justice system is for people with wealth, fame, or influence who can afford to hire top-notch attorney and public relation firms who can make campaign contribution to sheriffs, legislators, and other elected officials who enjoy certain privileges due to their celebrity status or the size of their bank accounts. The other justice system is for everybody else, and that came out of prison legal news. So this <clears throat> Cosby doesn't have just the best legal team money can buy. He also has a unique opportunity to belittle his accusers on a stage in front of an audience adoring him. Today doesn't mark the step forward for her. It's a big win and a sign of hope for brave women everywhere who've decided to speak up. Coming out as a survivor of rape and sexual assault can be an incredibly difficult thing to do. Doing it with the violator is an a, who is an A-plus list celebrity with millions of trusting fans, that's a whole different ballgame. So that's why I take my hat off to her. Um, and there's a difference between Bill Cosby, the person, and Bill Cosby, the actor, Cliff Huxtable. You know, as an artist, like Grimmy says, he was brilliant as a human Maybe not so much. I mean, what do you think about that, John? <clears throat> I I mean, I totally agree, although there are some crimes like, um, I don't know if um, in 2006 there was the Chris Benoit thing. Um, I'm a huge wrestling fan, but um, when somebody brings... Um, Chris Benoit, up, who um, infamously, uh, oh boy, he basically slaughtered his wife and kid and then hung himself because there were a bunch of, like, speculation that steroid use um, and his brain was, he was like a 40 year, 30, 40 year old man when um, his brain looked like that of one second. Oh, I think I remember this guy. Yeah, he wrestled for WWE. I remember that guy. I remember seeing that on the news. Yeah, he wrestled <laughs> for WCW or ECW first, then WCW, and then WWE. And like mm-hmm. his brain at the moment that he had done it was that of like an 80 to 90 year old man. So, but, um, you know, that could have been, you know, and he did a murder, but with rape, there's so many, I can't even remember the statistics, but it's like one in five women or more than that, I think, that have been raped and they don't report. And there's a lot of reasons for it. But this this time, Cosby brought it on himself because what he did was made fun of this woman. Because he had um, Tulane University, he had a lot to do there, and he, you know, gave a lot of scholarships and stuff, and they've taken him out of there now because of this, because she was not the only one in Tulane that he'd messed with or done this to, but yeah. um, 
Yeah. So he was mad because Tulane was like his little baby college and his little playpen, you know, and he'd been doing this for years there, they're, they're saying. So Joe said only 5% of women who are raped bring charges. Less than 1% of the rapists get time. So you can see why women don't put their neck out. And a lot of people were saying, well, why did they wait? You know, there was 50 of them, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of reasons, and it's not uncommon at all. But if he had not have brought that up about the Tulane thing, because that really kind of hacked him off, he wouldn't be facing charges from her now because she still works at Tulane. So, but she's still a brave woman. What do you think, Joey? Well, yeah, I guess, guess she is, but I'm still kind of skeptical. I am, I, you know, because and that's fine. The, yeah. the man, the man is richer than King Tut. Jesus Christ, you know, you you're doing shit like that, you know, and and it's it boggles my mind. On I don't know if the man did or not, because I'm not really, I'm I wasn't really a Bill Cosby fan. I, you know, I'm tell you the truth, I never liked the Cosby Show. I didn't like it, and uh, the only only thing I liked was. The two movies he played in with uh, Sidney Poitier, you know, it was pretty funny in those. But other than that, I wasn't a big fan, but I am skeptical about this and about all those women. I am. You well, know, and-, and things, you know, it's over the years, man, you know, just just, you know, these 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 guys getting accused of rape and getting locked up or whatnot. Like, remember the Tupac Shakur incident? Remember the Mike Tyson incident? You know, you remember the Michael Jackson incident? You know, the, all these accusers accusing these people doing this and that. And, you know, it's got you thinking, that what, what the hell is going on in Hollywood? What the hell well, is going on over there, you know? But you got 50 of them, number one. And number <laughs> yeah, that's, two. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's number tripping me two, out. 50? Okay, he could have anybody. Yeah. He could have had anybody he wanted. He could have hired them. But you know what the deal was, Joey? He liked sicko stuff. He's, you know, almost what you would call a necrophiliac because he drugged them to the point where they were not responsive. And when you do that, what is that called? That's called power. That's pure power trip. You know, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. It just got my mind boggling right now. You know, I don't know what's going on, but we'll see in the end what goes on. You know, if he's if he done it, he done it. You know, more power to you, man. You know, be careful locked up, old man. If you didn't, you know, still more power to you. You know, they decided and, you know, that's the way I see it. But I know yeah. I'm not a big fan of his. I, I'm really, I've never been a big, even before this, I've never been a big fan of his. Yeah. Well, and like Snork said, just admitting that he purchased the drugs convinced Snork that he did it. Mm-hmm. And... At the beginning, I wasn't so sure, and I feel like, um, and of course, I wasn't there, but, you know, as a female, I'm kind of, you know, the thing was, why didn't they come forward? That means nothing to me, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that, uh, those drugs, that's pretty sicko. That's like that ecstasy stuff. You know, or whatever, when you're just wanting them out, you don't want them to participate. Well, that uh, date rape drug, I forgot the name of that. You know, that was real Ecstasy, popular. Ecstasy, I think it is. No, um, the date rape drug is GHB or Rohypnol. 
Yeah, he yeah. used strohypnol and uh, he, he yeah, also... Yeah, he did use a, a date rape drug then, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. And the fact mm-hmm. that, like Caitlin said, the fact that he could joke about drugging and raping women was disgusting. Mm. So... Don't do that, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And they've had people that worked for him that said, yeah, but they were afraid to come forward because they didn't want to get charged. So I think a lot of stuff's going to come out. And he's already done a deposition on this case because she brought, a lot of them had brought charges kind of like a long time ago. And it was kind of, he bought them off. But this is one of the ones where they had taken a deposition a long time ago. And um, so stuff he's saying now is not what he said back then. Mm. So we're going to see. Yeah what's going to happen and you know i don't know some people said that the start of this was when his son died but i don't think so i think this started a long time ago way before then i think he's always had this power thing going well maybe people just look at him and miss the what's his name dr cliff huxtable yeah people look at him like that you know instead of his personal you know life exactly exactly well he used to listen to records my mom used to have some really dirty um albums of his jokes i thought they were hilarious but um the only records we had of is richard pryor (laughs) we had richard pryor records in the house and i snuck and listened to them (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Snork said his reports go back as far as when he was in I Spy. That's a long time ago. Yeah, well and back. Joe's saying that he was—he's a classic narcissist. Doesn't see that he has any responsibility. What do you think, Jonathan? Well, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll tell you that I honestly, at first, I didn't want to believe it, but then I started digging a little bit more. Um, the, the story about the Rehypnol came out, the story about him purchasing Quaaludes came out. Uh, so that, that made me suspicious. What really put the nail in the coffin for me was that a, a website, and I can't remember which it was now because this has been going on for so long, compiled a lot of the speeches and letters and things that he had directed toward young African-American males. And in almost every one of them, the common overarching theme was judgment, and he judged the way that they spoke. He judged the way that they dressed. He judged their uh, particular vernacular. Um, And to me, it felt so condescending, as though he felt himself to be somehow superior to every other black man on the planet. And I hope that that doesn't come out sounding wrong, but no, I it don't, don't sound wrong at all because I've yeah. heard some of the stuff he said, you know, and it kind of mm-hmm. said, man, dude, you're not you're not the emperor of black people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the emperor of black people, dude. Yeah. So when when I heard that after that and between that, between the Quaaludes, between the Rehypnol, um, I, I have a very hard time believing that he's not guilty because somebody that stands up on their soapbox like that and pretends to be this moral beacon, there has to be some skeletons in his closet somewhere. Now, are all 50 of his accusers 
uh, being completely honest, uh, I, I think that there may be a possibility that there are probably uh, maybe one or two in there that are just doing it for fame. Um, but I, I do think he's done something. So the fact that, you know, at least something is getting started, some form of justice will be served. I'm I'm very happy about it. And I hope that even though he is a narcissist and I realize in all reality that it'll never happen, um, I, I hope that this will not come down from his... Uh, his little Cosby Mountain, just a little bit. Yeah, and like Snork said too, he's coming up with some good ones. The only thing that could lower my opinion of Cosby would be if I heard that he gave OJ a knife or crapped in jars and wrapped him as Christmas presents. Yeah, <laughs> and and the thing I about OJ, and you know, what I'm saying the thing about him, you know, I'm skeptical about that. If he done it, I don't think he did it by himself. I don't think so. That's always been my theory, actually. I yeah, always thought know, that he had an accomplice. He if he done it, I don't think he done it by himself. I, I think, think he, he did it. I think he had help. If he, he had done to have, he it. had if to have done. It. You know, they didn't prove he done it, and everybody still think he done it. Yeah. Well. So they let anyway. they let George Zimmerman off. Why didn't let him off? You know, I he didn't do it. Let them let the judge. You know, they done decided. Well, OJ would be out now if he hadn't gone in and threatened. Oh, yeah. The little thing that happened in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. That, that was stupid. Mm. Yeah, that was. That was <laughs> stupid, man. I mean, he was free. Yeah. They could, there wouldn't be no Kardashians if it wasn't for OJ. Mark <laughs> got him. <laughs> <laughs> he helped dumb down America. Oh, gosh. OJ, the juice. He was a in, bad football player, though. He wasn't no fucking joke, though. No, oh, nah, he he was awesome uh, as an athlete, certainly. He was but uh, as athlete, yeah. I I have to give it to Joey for bringing up sex with an elderly man and the Kardashians all in one half hour block. Bravo, ma'am. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up the sex with an old man. <laughs> no, that was Janet who done that. Yeah. No, no, I, I was. I'm sorry. I was crediting Janet for both. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you said Joey. I'm yeah. sorry. I meant Janet. I apologize. Damn, old man. <laughs> Dude, I like women, man. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes, I'm very much. Uh, have some fun on the show tonight, bro. <laughs> yes, I'm very much looking forward to your return to voices next week for the sake oh, of my yeah. oh, of, yeah. of my pallor. <laughs> and, and everyone's gonna lo- love this fella too. It's gonna be a guy, and I got him already picked out. And y'all make sure y'all tune in next week. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and y'all y'all gonna get a kick out of this fella. He's a true hero. Mm. This guy was a true hero. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think she was too. <laughs> she <laughs> is. Screw the seventy-eight-year-old man like that lawyer said. <laughs> he was a sixty-six-year-old. <laughs> Back when he wasn't so, you know. <laughs> anyway, <Yes>. um, <laughs> despite being gay, I, I, I too have my limits. Anyway. Um, we are going to go ahead and go to a break. We will be back with our second part of General Folk and Situations for the evening, so do not change that dial. Who knows what Janet will say next? So stay tuned here <laughs> to Southern Progressive Revival. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Yeah. Macaroni. D.O.P. Fool, my mama's a woman. So you know what side I'm on. In the war home. You think she can't make her own choice? Can't use her own voice. It's time we treat every woman like a Rolls Royce. This is a revolutionary woman throwback. Any blowback can get the Bozak. Where the hoes at? What you mean the hoes at? Put that on my mama, homie, you gon' see some blowback. On my wife and my sister, and you know that. Aunties, nieces, cousins think I wasn't, I don't hold back. I won't let it go, rest in peace to Betty Joe. Women make the world go round, I'm here to let you know. Throw your hands up, everybody stand up. For the women in your life, you better man up. You better man up, look out for the vultures. Get the disrespect of women at our culture. You better man up, look out for the vultures. Get the disrespect of women at our culture. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, come to man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, come to man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women, revolutionary men, where have you been, woman is your next of kin, she is your friend, how come you don't have her back, until the end, you would rather wage war on women, you would rather wage war on her voice, but brother if it's her body, it's her choice, brother if it's her body, it's her decision, because she living her life, with her vision, when it come to her body, she know best, that's why she got a right to choose and no less. She working every day, do the same job, less pay. Baby daddy got her pregnant, he left the next day. He left the next day and he never looked back. She used to dream too, but the brother took that. But she stayed strong, she made it through the drama. I fight the war on women because that was my mom. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, come the man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, come the man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women. This is Adam Hebert, a man with breathtaking anger management issues. And I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pegg, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C. It's over 9,000! <laughs> we'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program. You 
are the leading asshole in the state. Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure. Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house. Declare your independence and reject corporate media. This is Indie Media Weekly, your number one source for independent media. into Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody. Welcome back to hour two of Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, joining me, of course, are uh, several fantastic people, beginning with the man who is the star, I think it would be fair to say, on the program that you heard during the commercial break, uh, Mr. John Kendall from Mike Check Radio. Welcome back, sir. I uh, I just need a small loan of a million dollars. <laughs> I think I have a Monopoly set still. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll send that Monopoly money right over to you, John. And, uh, of course, the man who is uh, super cool that uh, I cannot think of anything clever to say at the moment. Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, so Tennessee. Cool, I can sell a popsicle to an Eskimo, man. Y- yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember that for next week's intro. <laughs> Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? How y'all doing out there? Yes. Thank you so much, sir. And Janet, I saved you for last to make sure that, uh, first of all, Sister Joe was here. And, uh, okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. And uh, secondly, to welcome you back as a news producer, being from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, and the woman that keeps us all on our toes. Welcome back, Janet. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I am excited to be here tonight. And we are at Gentle Folks and Situations, and we have no jingle, so you know what you were going to do for Sister Joe. Yes, I'm going to play that jingle one more time just for Sister Joe. So, All welcome right. to Gentle Folk and Situations Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Gentle Folk and Situations. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it. Oh, my. I'm gonna let it shine. 
there we go, Sister Joe. And uh, I, I just yeah, want to let... see your comment. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> well, when I said we got something for Sister Joe, she said, I'm scared now. Then we started playing it. <laughs> she said she loved it. I said she's 89. She said, dang, it's making me teary. Wow. Yep. I knew she'd love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we got to play it because this show is about you, the listeners. So, you know, we try to make you all happy. And us. Yes, yes, and us, of course. <laughs> Particularly Janet. <laughs> so... I need to put myself in a box. I'm Charlie in the box. Everybody <laughs> please with a Charlie in the box. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, we, 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 we love you, Janet. We, we pick on you because we love you. That, that, is, the way that, that is the way that it goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right so just just watch out for them 70 year old men yep them 78 year old men i worked in a oh. nursing home when oh, i was younger okay. and oh. i'll tell you what there's nothing that'll put you off an old man faster than that oh god <laughs> i'm just saying and she brings it to our two folks all right so <laughs> oh gosh so okay. as we no, you were perfectly fine. Uh, as we continue, <laughs> Gentlefolk and Situations, part two, um, I wanted to bring uh, to you all the impact that Kentucky has had on marriage equality and the Boy Scouts in uh, 2015. Um, of course, uh, this was mentioned in an end-of-the-year editorial by the National Catholic Reporter. Uh, they named Greg Bork and Michael DeLeon Persons of the Year for 2015. Now, three years ago, Greg Bork was forced to resign as assistant scoutmaster of his son's Boy Scout troop in Louisville, Kentucky, because he was openly gay. Uh, this occurred despite his involvement with the Boy Scouts for eight years, including six years as a registered leader, and the support of his troop and the church that sponsors his unit. Uh, during this time, Glad worked with Bork to help him share his story and urge the Boy Scouts to end its discriminatory ban. Uh, Greg and Michael also joined several same-sex couples in a lawsuit to have the state of Kentucky recognize their marriage. That lawsuit eventually made it to the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled in favor of marriage for all in June. Uh, also this summer, the Boy Scouts removed its ban on LGBT leaders. Greg thought, naturally, that he'd be allowed to return. However, according to a Change.org petition started by Bork, the Archdiocese Joseph Kurtz of Louisville decided that Bork could not rejoin the Boy Scout troop because he is openly gay. In response, Bork started a petition to ask Archbishop Kurtz to approve his reapplication for membership and end his ban on out gay Boy Scout leaders. Uh, Greg and Michael's recognition that was given to them by the National Catholic Reporter uh, was due to their dedication to their children bringing acceptance to the Boy Scouts, and helping bring marriage equality to the United States. They continue to advocate, and we are incredibly proud of them here at Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, Kentucky got some bad news this year, but I definitely don't think that this counts as bad news at all. Um, Bork and DeLeon are emblematic of this major challenge facing the church today uh, because they force us to ask not how we will live out a hypothetical situation, but how we will live with Greg and Michael. They give flesh to an abstraction. This is what the article said. Uh, the answers the church are giving now are confused, uneven, and often cruel. Greg and Michael and countless gay, lesbian, and transgender Catholics deserve better. Uh, for their historic roles as plaintiffs in Ob 
Obergfell versus Hodges, and for their faithful public witness as gay Catholics, uh, we name Greg Bork and Michael DeLeon NCR's Persons of the Year for 2015. Uh, so first of all, I want to give a huge applause to them for giving that award to two people that very much deserved it. And I want to turn to Mr. John, since he is our very special guest. Uh, you know, Kentucky, like I said, got some bad news this year. This certainly wasn't uh, bad news at all. And they were instrumental in legalizing gay marriage across these 50 states. Yeah, I have um, I have a friend that um, lives in Bowling Green. And... Uh, I, when I first found out that she was moving to Kentucky, I'm like, oh man, sorry about your damn luck. But, you know, with, um, with them helping push forward with, um, the LG, with acceptance of the LGBT community, you know, I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I have to choke on those words, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really great to see it finally happen. Yes, it is a beautiful thing. I I still can't believe that it's happened. You know, um, ultimately, I ended up marrying a woman. We we won't get get into that on on this show or or probably any show. But anyway, um, I I was just so heartened when that happened. Um, of course, uh, Bowling Green, uh, Kentucky. Uh, not where they're from, where John's friend is from, is where all Corvettes are made. Interesting fact for you guys about the state of Kentucky. Uh, but uh, Joey, these two guys are definitely heroes, and they continue to be tireless advocates. They fight. They helped uh, the nation as a whole legalize gay marriage. They helped uh, get the Scouts to reverse their ban on gay troop leaders. <clears throat> well, they, they troopers. I, I got to give it to them. They troopers, man. You know. And I hope I hope they get some more done. You know, it looks <laughs> like looks like they fighting. Look like they fighting, man. And I'm I'm glad for them, bro. I'm Absolutely. Glad for them. Yes. And uh, Janet, you have the last word, ma'am. I love Joe, um, Joey's play on words. Those guys are troopers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they troopers, man. For real, they they do their thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really proud you know, of them too. You know, if you believe in I... something, you know, you fight for it. You know, that's that's being a hero. You know, you fight for it, and you fight you hard, bet. and you win. It makes you feel better. That's right. Especially and... if it's something you know good. And besides that, they have kids, and don't they have kids? If they hadn't had kids, they um, do have kids. Yes. Yeah. What What are they supposed to do? Like, stay home and let their kids see them embarrassed to be who they are no you know you got to go out and you got to do what they were doing and saying we are a family we love each other you know so that their kids can be proud you got to think of your kids too and they did yeah absolutely and that's really the most important thing that any of us can do you know if if you're a parent you know that your children come first uh, if you're not, then uh, you may not understand that sentiment entirely, but, you know. Um, but what they did was ultimately to protect their children, to show them that there was nothing right. wrong with their parents and that they had as much right to be proud of their family as anybody else. So Exactly. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And this next story, <clears throat> which also has no audio, but 
I kind of like it when we have stories like this because I get to turn to Janet and I get to hear her beautiful voice speak the news. So uh, (laughs) Democrats got a huge win in the state of Florida. So uh, since John Kendall is synonymous with hashtag Florida, man, we will let him have the first comment once you're done. So take it away, Janet. All right, John, you are going to love this one. All right, I'm buckled in ready. (laughs) All right. You know, Florida, they were the state that stole the election for Bush. Remember? Then they started gerrymandering the state like nobody's business. So the GOP decided they were going to go in and knock out even more districts and gerrymander even further. However... The Republicans dominate the Florida House by a huge, huge margin. And despite the fact that Democratic voters outnumber registered voters and the Democrats get more votes than the Republicans, which is that way all across the country now because of the gerrymandering. We have to get like 10 for every one of theirs. Um, They hold the Senate and... um, the house and they've been losing ground gerrymandering's been losing a lot of ground well in the wake of the supreme court decision earlier that upheld arizona citizens redistricting commission because arizona said no we're going to have a bipartisan commission or a nonpartisan commission the court said that independent commissions paved the way for other states to create their own independent commissions and that safe districts are a problem and they give only one district advantage over the year for years at time. You know, we're dealing that with that now with the Republicans. State end up disproportionate representation in their legislatures and districts. So the safe districts can cause two massive problems that seem contradictory. The first, it makes legislators lazy. Tuh, no kidding. <laughs> and like they don't do squat like we know of in our House of Representatives and Senate in Washington. Heck, even the senators they yeah, send from they, down in they Florida. Haven't done, they haven't done shit. The whole uh, Obama administration, they haven't done shit. Don't they? they did is criticize him and his family. Exactly. You know? Exactly, because they're in a safe district. They don't have to worry about it. But because fear and um, it can also make them more extreme politically, don't we know it? And because they fear the challenges from the lunatic fringes. And that's how the GOP, the Tea Party, took over. So the Republicans actually screwed themselves with their gerrymandering. But the new map, that they were planning to do again was going to even make it worse um, was one for the House and one for the Senate. And one was done by the League of Women Voters and the other one was Common Cause. So the court rejected those plans as illegal under a voter-approved ban on gerrymandering. And then they had to go back to the board again. And the Supreme Court stuck blows to every one of the legislature's redistricting challenges and said that they could go with the independently drawn congressional district maps. 
which is also less gerrymandered than previous maps. It's going to hurt some Republicans and some Democrats, but in the end, it's going to end the safe district problem at the federal level, too. And um, other states that have the independent commissions include California, Arizona, Alaska, Idaho, Montana, and Washington. And those commissions do not include lawmakers as a rule. And it's necessary to do that to create the fairest map possible. Ohio voters approved a ballot measure earlier this year to reform the redistricting process in that state. And the Supreme Court ruled on Arizona's commission and the latest one in Florida. We're going to start seeing the slow, agonizing death of gerrymandering process. Yay! I need to get rid of that shit. Real, no kidding. Man. So what have you, have you seen anything in um, Montana, John, since it says you all ended the gerrymandering? Um, not really. Um, I really haven't been involved all that much outside of, you know, just my check radio and now SPR with, um, the political side of things. But, you know, I, I, I think the whole, like, setting up a district to be, like, a more powerful one is, it's. Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's, um... Undemocratic? I'm thinking it's unconstitutional to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's basically, you know, just... It's basically posturing, you know, for, like, a a bigger slice of, you know, the lawmaking pot. It's, you know, you go in and, you know, you can sell any sell anything to people to believe it and you know with that comes you know more support for you because you know you agree with everybody in your bigger district you know you can say you agree with everyone in your district you know but whether that holds holds true or not you know it's up for debate but you know it's just it's just like power hungry that something politics shouldn't be like you go in with you the bigger districts and whatnot and like haha you know i hold all this power and it's it's basically it's it's awful (laughs) so it is it's it's tremendously awful and you know making sure that that doesn't happen on either side of the map because we're we're guilty of it too you know i'll i'll be the first person to say that there have been many blue right. states that have taken advantage of gerrymandering to further democratic majorities and you know that that it's nice to be the victor it really is but at the end of the day it's not fair and it's not at all productive to having a sustainable and working democracy totally agree not. No, it's not. <clears throat> it is not. Um, but yeah, uh, Joey, do you have anything to say on the issue? Oh, no, 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 not really. <laughs> but you know, yeah, man, yeah, I do, man. Is this this gerrymandering? You know, is is ruining us, man. Especially, especially, we got these 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 crazies mm-hmm. getting elected. You know, they don't know shit about politics at all. No, no, 
nothing about the economy, nothing about uh, uh, foreign policy. Mm-hmm. They just 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 up at microphones in nice little suits. You know what I'm saying? Probably paid two, three thousand dollars for it, and just just say gibberish. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I, I tell you right now, man, if I was running from for like uh, maybe here in a local in local like a senator or something, mm-hmm. I bet you if I say, only thing I could say is. I'm gonna stop Obamacare. I'm gonna stop Obama. I bet you I get elected. Yeah, probably so. That pretty much is I all it I takes nowadays. To I'm get... gonna stop Obama. Yeah, he's <laughs> not right for this country. He's a he's a he's a, he's a Muslim. He's a he's a he's a fascist. He's a uh, 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 he's Hitler. He's a... <laughs> you know, he kicked he's a my Hitler. dog once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of stuff, you know. I I get up there and just do that, and 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 I would get recon, recognized and everything, and I probably get elected in a small little town or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they'll turn around and say, "Hey, yeah, we're not racist. See, he's black. I'm voting for him." Yep. If you just sell your soul, like Ben Carson. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So or Herman Cain. Yeah. Well, whatever happened to him anyway? He done disappeared off the map, ain't he? I uh, ain't heard nothing about him lately. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's and in that's a kitchen. A good thing. He's in a yeah, kitchen somewhere is, making his grandfather's pizzas. The Mr. Nine 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 deal. Nine Nine Plan. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Godfather's pizza. Yep. Yep. I think he needs to stick to the pizza game. You know. Yeah, they got one to eat your pizza. <laughs> Yes, indeed. All right. <laughs> let's go ahead and get to one more story real quick. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's do a really inspirational one because we actually had three stories left, but uh, that is okay. We can return to them in a different show. Um, there is a... Uh, oh, gosh. I am so sorry. My mind just blanked. Um, there is a Holocaust survivor who has done something pretty incredible. And since this is a good news show tonight, I, I know that we've kind of gone off on a few tangents on you, and I apologize. Uh, but, you know, it's all in good fun. I apologize too, man. No, it's fine. <laughs> you know how I like to rant. Yes, rant it's a great sometimes, man. It, you know, if, if, we, if we didn't rant, we would not fill enough airtime, and uh, <laughs> it would be awkward. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yes, a, a Holocaust survivor has done something pretty extraordinary. Uh they're 95 years old, and uh, I'm going to let Janet bring this to you uh, again. Uh, it's a fairly short story, but I, I really wanted to profile it tonight because this is absolutely beautiful. I, I can't think of anything that speaks to good news better than this. All right. Um, this is a Holocaust survivor, and he just helped out 2,000 ISIS victims. George Widenfield was able to escape the death camps in 1938 due to the kindness of Christians. So he felt he wanted to repay the debt by aiding in the escape of 2,000 Middle Eastern Christians from ISIS. He was able to escape to Britain in 1938 with the help of the Plymouth Brethren and Quakers who clothed and fed him. The 95-year-old Holocaust survivor is paying it forward by funding a rescue of up to 2,000 Christians from the Middle East. He's the member of the British House of Lords. He spearheaded the Widenfield Safe Havens Fund, 
which had, was able to support 150 Syrian Christian regis, refugees escaped to Poland a few weeks ago. He's a philanthropist who knows what it's like to have to start all over. When he escaped to Britain just before the start of World War II, he had only a few shillings on him, and he was able to establish the Weidenfeld and Nicholson publishing business with, um, within a decade. And by 76, he was made a life peer in Britain's upper class, or upper house. He said, I have a debt to repay. It applies to so many young people who are on the Kinder's transport, he said. And the Kinder transport is what the Germans named the organized shipment of Jewish children, oftentimes by their own parents, and help from secular and religious non-Jewish helpers to escape the Holocaust. Um. And so he said it was a high-minded operation, and we Jews should be also be thankful and do something for endangered Christians. The fund is aiming to help 2,000 refugees and is set to offer them 12 to 18 months of paid support for all the rescues. Is that cool? Yeah. That, that is awesome, man. That is that so is awesome, amazing. And, and all that I could think when I read it, uh, Joey, was, you know— and and this is me being i guess maybe it's my age i don't know maybe i'll appreciate this more when i'm older but if i had survived the holocaust i I think i would have just written it off at that point and would have just lived my life quietly but for him to go above and beyond to repay the kindness that was given to him to help others to help christians in the middle east who are being oppressed by isis that's just amazing it's it's so beautiful and it's so poetic and had those people not been there to help him when he needed it, then he wouldn't be here today to provide the assistance that these refugees need. Yeah, it, like it's they, all like a beautiful say, circle. Like they say, man, God works in mysterious ways. If you know, if you believe in God, you know, I know I do, but he works in mysterious ways. The and, Lord you know, works in mysterious ways. Yes, indeed. That is Dolly Parton, actually. But <laughs> I've wanted to use that drop for a while, and Joey gave me the opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was that was awesome for what he did, man. That yeah, now that guy. Now, that, now you know he's Jewish, but man, I call him a darn saint. <laughs> yeah, he's a saint to me, man. Absolutely, yeah, you know that is yeah. a real saint, man. Absolutely, I couldn't. Now, where's agree all with you the more. Where's all the, the Christians here? You know, you know, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the ones is you know, uh, is down in these people. Yep, you're supposed to be Christians, and you know this guy's Jewish and helping them. Yep, he could definitely teach us all a thing or two about compassion and how it's yeah. something that we should all have empathy. You yeah. know, yeah, they're too busy being. I mean, you know, no offense to, you know, Jonathan and Joey, but they're too busy being fucking hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we call those hypocristians. Yeah, my, <laughs> uh, my older sister, um, identifies as Christian, and she posted some stupid meme about, hey, I keep Syrians, or I think we should keep Syrians away because. I lock my doors to keep my kids safe. So I just, I went through and, you know, um, my mother used to read the Bible to me and my other siblings. 
um, before bed, and, like, I went through and I found, like, all the, uh, like, I found three relevant, um, help your fellow person, um, Bible passages, and I just posted them under that stupid meme, and she's like, eh, 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 and I was like, dude, no, 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 no. Yep. But, Jesus, I mean, she's uh, my sister, I still love her, but I yeah. think she's misguided. I understand completely. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Hopefully she will uh, eventually see the light. But uh, Jesus, big fan of helping the refugees. I will say that much. And it's in the Bible. Look it up. So, uh, But we are going to go ahead and head to a quick break before we get back for Gander at the Soapbox. So do not change that dial. We will be right back here with you on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio. Are you ready for the fastest hour in radio? Listen every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern to Paul's Memory Bank exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. DJ Paul will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. Be sure to sign up in the Paul's Memory Bank chat. Simply go to IndieMediaWeekly.com, select the Live tab, and scroll down to Paul's Memory Bank. Paul's Memory Bank, live every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Cormall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. Sound new? Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show. Every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show. Features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for... The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on... The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Bookmark IndieMediaWeekly.com, and be sure to check out our schedule of fine live programming, as well as podcasts and music shows. And please make Indie Media Weekly one of your favorites on TuneIn. Indie Media Weekly, for those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. 
too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan. Joining me, as always, are my phenomenal co-hosts and a very special guest. Uh, we will start off with Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Welcome back, ma'am. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you. And I uh, neglected to mention you first uh, at all. So I apologize. So I, I am making amends now. And, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, sir. Hello. Hello, everyone. Yes, the man who brings us good news every week here on Southern Progressive <laughs> Revival. <laughs> I try, man. <laughs> you do a great job. And last but certainly not least, our very special guest, Mr. John Kendall, reporting live from Missoula, Montana. How's it going, sir? It's going. It's colder than buns, but... <laughs> well, if you fart a little, it'll work. ass in January. <laughs> That's what my yep. dad used to say. <laughs> All right, folks. So we are back to it. Uh, we are moving on now away from gentlefolk and situations to gander at the soapbox because there's quite a bit of good news to go over. So we're going to go ahead and start that up now. Gander at the soapbox. Gosh darn it, who diddly I'm conservative. What do you have a higher opinion of, Congress or dog poop? I think the, I think the report's full of crap. My goodness, I didn't know solid waste management was so controversial. We'll have more of everything. We were discussing disease, we were discussing all sorts of things tonight. You know, I apologize, we left the helicopter at home. You know, I, I don't have to defend everything that I've ever done. Isn't that the Tea Party in a nutshell? Republican on Republican violence. There isn't a Republican party. I humbly ask for your vote whenever you're going to get to vote, whenever the primary is. So in love All right, welcome to Gander at the Soapbox. And sadly, the man that we are about to discuss was not included in that jingle, but maybe that was a little prescient on Kenny's part. Um... <clears throat> There has uh, <laughs> been quite a few shakeups on the Republican side. Um, I, I I will admit I was I was just the tiniest, idiotiest, you know, bit sad to see him go. Know. You know, it, it he just, had the best one-liners. He did. He really did. And uh, and sadly, I I think out of the field, he he was probably close to being one of the more sane candidates. But Except uh, he wants to bomb everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just wants to pretty much turn the whole world into ash and soot. But uh, that is all right. Uh, he is out, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. And uh, let's go ahead and play that audio. We've been told Senator Lindsey Graham he is dropping his bid for the White House. He is ending and suspending his presidential campaign today. He's announcing that to his supporters this morning, and he sat down with me for an exclusive interview to lay out his reasoning why and to make that announcement. Listen here. Well, I, my campaign, I'm going to suspend my campaign. I'm not going to suspend my desire to help the country. I'll probably go back to Iraq and Afghanistan and get another update. 36 trips has informed me. But the one thing I feel really good about is I did it with a smile on my face. I talked about things that are important to me, and somebody better fix one day. 
a wide-ranging interview. We sat down for quite some time to discuss his reasoning why, Carol, and he gets into the reason why, what he, some of what he blames for why he never could break through, and also on the crucial questions of what, what it looks like for him going forward, who he's going to endorse, and why. But I really noticed throughout the interview is a very serious, very sober, very emotional Lindsey Graham, different from what you often see, the the jovial, kind of quick-witted, one-liner. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Different Lindsey Graham you saw in this announcement. Yeah, so uh, Lindsey Graham being, of course, very serious, uh, I imagine that it was sort of a blow to have to drop out of the run for the nomination, particularly when you're being beat by somebody like Donald Trump, and fairly handily. Uh, yeah. He, he said a lot of things on the way out. I, I think... One of the things that he said, and and I want to get to his sort of blasting of the field of candidates in a minute, but um, something he said that that I hope does not come true is, uh, and this is a direct quote, uh, here's what I predict. I think the nominee of our party is going to adopt my plan when it comes time to articulate how to destroy ISIL. Uh, Of course, direct quote, we will call him, call them Daesh as they deserve. Um... I hope that that's not true because uh, he was the most hawkish of the candidates. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's he's out of there, folks. So I think that is some good news. The Middle East. And I didn't. Yeah. And it was kind of scary, too, because he said that uh, I want the Republican to win. Um, check out my plan. But if Hillary, you get to be the president, I'll help you where I can. I hope you're not a fit. If you are, I'm there to help you. I don't want him helping her no. or Bernie. And I don't think O'Malley's going anywhere. I think he's done. His his last screaming EGBGs at the last debate. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) We need to take him off the stage. (laughs) Is 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 Rain listening? I need I need to be aware of that right now. No. No. uh, Anybody that thinks he's got a chance anymore? Oh, he he's not looking good. He definitely he's not polling well. He's not made any meaningful progress. Um, I mean, you know, there could be an Iowa surprise, but well, I think he's fighting error of margin too. Mm -hmm. I think he's in a battle with the error of margin. That darn margin of error. Margin of error, yes. Uh, I think margin of error is beating him. (laughs) All I got to say is, bye-bye, Lindsey Graham. All you have to do right now is go on, get you some mint julep and sit on the porch and watch the birds in the trees. (laughs) (laughs) And sing, this little light of mine. (laughs) Trump didn't let it shine. God, we're bad tonight. <laughs> we are. Oh, God. have fun. Fuck that. Yep. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> John, out of out of curiosity, what did you think about Lindsey Graham? <laughs> I see. I I really didn't watch the um playground edition of the <laughs> debates. Good so for you. I I mean, all the only information I get about like Lindsey Graham is like you know stuff we play on Mike Check Radio with his I don't know like his comment about um how if he was in the White House there wouldn't be a first lady but several first ladies <laughs> <laughs> um very good very good for comedy but I mean yeah. I'm I'm part of me wants to like 
believe that he, if, you know, like, if Bernie or Hillary do win the White House, like, that he would actively try to progressively help them instead of the, uh, pull the old um, Jim Webb of I shot a guy once mm-hmm. and instead of shooting one guy like turning um, you know Syria into a giant parking lot yeah. but you know if he's really war hawkish like it sounds I, I don't want him anywhere near advising anybody on anything like that mm-hmm but I mean that's just like the uh the uh hopefulness that I bring is, you know, maybe he'll actually try to help for the positive instead of, hey, that guy over there, he snapped his fingers at me. Bomb him. Yep. <laughs> I really I, I hope that you're right. I, I do hope that if he does provide any help that it is an appropriate amount of help and uh uh we already made that mistake once, man. Like <laughs> two thousand two, when is it two thousand one, two thousand two, mm-hmm. two thousand three, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and to now, you know. Yeah. Huge mistake. Yeah. So uh I, I wanted to <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. So, so as many as you know, I, I have uh, forced myself to quit cussing for the sake of my son because he's at that age where he's learning words, and uh, I don't want to be called into the kid, bro. The, no, no, no. He he can't. <laughs> he can't hear us here. It's just a, it's a part of my my continuing process of an, in, of reinforcing my habit. So, I'm going to read a very fun quote that. Um, <laughs> Lindsey Graham gave to the Freewood Post uh, after he dropped out of the race. And uh, when I get to that special word, Janet, if you don't mind reading it for me, I'd appreciate it. Uh, So here we go. Listen, the Republican Party is... Fucked. There's just no nice way to put it. Look who's leading in the polls. You have the knucklehead Trump in first place, followed by that sleaze bucket Ted Cruz. Then who? Carson? Jeb? Rubio? Four? Fuck's sake. They could have at least allowed me onto the main debate stage to actually have a solid voice of reason against the overwhelming buffoonery. As Pussy Galore would say, I'm a... Damn. Good pilot, period. And I'm a... Damn. Good candidate for president. Too bad the rest of America didn't have a chance to notice. If Trump wins the nomination, you can kiss the GOP as we know it goodbye. We're toast. (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful, I have to say. Beautiful. (laughs) And he said something similar to that without quite getting as blue. Yep. Um on TV, but I like this one better. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's come out he he came out hard against uh Trump and Carson and and uh, uh Cruz on multiple occasions. And uh th- I think those are some of his his most beautiful moments during the campaign. Uh, if uh Trump wins the nomination, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. I wonder uh John do you think that he'll just sort of sit at home sipping his mint juleps, or, or do you think he'll actively campaign? Honestly, if um, if Trump or any of his other dingus friends 
win the nomination that um, Lindsey Graham doesn't like. I hope he comes out and he's like, um, if you vote for any of these guys, and to borrow from my gimmick from uh, Mike Check Radio, I hope he goes to the media and he says, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I, I, I honestly hope that, you know, I mean... Short of switching parties, I hope he comes out and he says, um, you know, y'all need to look at this and y'all need to reevaluate what you're doing as people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I know it didn't get a whole lot of coverage. Um, I wrote a small article on Indie Media Weekly that I'm sure wasn't particularly popular. But um, basically what I was speaking to is the fact that I hoped sincerely that this election season, after seeing the nut jobs that have decided to run for the Republican nomination, that when they go down in flames, that they reassess where they're standing at the party, that they look at the Tea Party, that they look at these absolutely insane individuals like the ones that are presently in Oregon, who we will discuss next week's one, which we have more information. Um, and really bring it back just a skosh, because at this juncture, Bob Dole looks like a Democrat. And that's saying something. I, I just want to put that out there. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Right, you know what? Right now, Ronald Reagan is looking like a darn Democrat. <laughs> yeah. By hey. comparison. Hey, watch your mouth there, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, his daughter. Anyway. These guys are crazy, man. They're crazy out there. They're making him look like a Democrat now. Yep. Well, I mean, to be fair, his his daughter did say that if Ronald Reagan was alive today, he probably would not be a Republican anymore. So, yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I hope they take a good, long, hard look at themselves because we can't oh, yeah. have a one party state. We we just can't. We need we need to have civil debate and we need to have compromise but we cannot compromise with what the republican party has become well even nancy reagan said that she's not going to vote for any of these republicans and that she will vote for hillary yeah so which, which is amazing i mean when yeah. you, I know. you think about that a <laughs> former first lady you know and typically when when and and I, I want to apologize because, you know, after the 78-year-old man comments earlier in the show, I, I hope that uh, nobody took that as me uh, age-shaming or, or putting down the elderly. It but, wasn't you. Oh, it was I'm, me. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I'm the one that, that laughed at it. So. Uh, no, me too, man. And, 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 and I apologize myself, man. You know, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> No, 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 man, no. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a man. You know, if I do something wrong, I'm, I'm gonna apologize. You know, what I'm saying I'm a man up to it. You there know, you if, if, if anybody, I'm sorry. All yeah. right, as an old woman, I'm saying they're not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I said, I say all that to say that generally okay. speaking that i i'm i'm not trying to put a stereotype out there but it it's true the older you get uh the yes. more the more that you that includes women you yeah, know men and women falls. particularly Everything. when you get in your 80s and 90s your mental capacities start to fail 
Um, so one would have expected Nancy Reagan at this point in her life because she's well into her 90s, I would imagine. Yes, she um, is. Yeah, I mean, one would expect that she could be very easily persuaded to vote for one of these nut jobs. Uh, but despite her advanced age, she still has enough clarity of mind to realize that any one of them would be dangerous for this country. So that's heartening. That's extremely heartening. Yeah. But you know what, though? I give her credit, though. She's always been a sharp little lady, though. Mm-hmm. She you is. Know, my yeah, opinion, and my opinion. She's she always said, been a sharp little lady. Yeah, and she said she feels like it's time for a women, woman president and that she knows Hillary. She knows that she's smart and um, she's well-qualified. And um, she said she's going to support her and vote for her and that they certainly don't have anyone on the Republican side that she would vote for and she's not going to miss a vote there you go and that is the way to be uh you know her her the, the fact that she'll never miss a vote that's just awesome because you know that i wish everybody felt that way but uh anyway to move on with the show uh we will skip over the next story i wanted to bring to you all some more good news about another candidate for the Republican nomination who I, I think nobody has any kind words for. Uh, Jeb. I'm sorry. Should I Jeb! play the, the violin in the background? Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the world's tiniest violin brought to you by Janet Lee. Um, <laughs> Copyright. Yay. But uh, yeah, Jeb's campaign is in a free fall. Um, he was supposed to be the most freewheeling spender of the 2016 election cycle. Uh, then again, he was also supposed to be the Republican frontrunner. Uh, so after months of stunning failure on the campaign trail, which have led to poll numbers around 3 to 4% within his own party, and having blown tens of millions of dollars on promotion with nothing to show for it, Jeb is now pulling the plug on his television ads entirely. <laughs> His his campaign, of course, is claiming that the move is being made so that more operatives can be sent into the field in Iowa, but it suggests something else instead. You know, Jeb Bush still has a significant remaining war chest for his campaign, and he could easily afford to continue funding these TV ads while also paying for field work. But by pulling the plug on the ads, he's instead signaling a surprisingly early defeat. What do you guys think? I... I... You know, I think, uh, you know, don't don't nobody want another Bush in the White House. Even some Republicans don't want another Bush in the White House, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a disaster, dude, with them. Been a straight up disaster. Yeah. And you know, and I remember when this, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, everybody was hyping up for him to run for president. Mm-hmm. But you see how quick that died. Oh yeah. It died real quick. And, uh, you know, I honestly, when he first got into this, John, I thought that it would be in the bag, that he would be the nominee. Um, Adam, I I will admit, said that his name was just had too much uh, bad attached to it and that he didn't have a chance in in heck. And uh, he was right, I think. Uh, Jeb, just that name is ruinous. Yeah. um, You know, I... Excuse me. I do think it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of refreshing to see that, you know, even though he has the last name of Bush, he's not, I mean, with him 
cutting his TV ads. You know, he's not that dynasty that everybody thought that that family would be. I mean, the dynasty has stopped at two, it seems like, with HW than W. And, um, you know, I it's, it's also kind of... It's kind of interesting to see, like, um, when staffers cut out. I mean, I haven't heard anything really of Jeb staffers, but um, Ben Carson has had major staffers leave because they think, for them, he's even too nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, also, and that's, but part of that is Armstrong Williams, who's bad yeah and also it's kind of it's kind of weird i think he's given up because i heard i saw like a clip or whatever and he was talking about instead of like presidential stuff about like how to take the perfect selfie and oh my just, god it's, <laughs> it reminds me there's this picture online of like Steve Buscemi, and he's got, like, a skateboard, and he's wearing a hoodie and stuff. And he's like, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> so it, it seems like he's trying, with that movie, tries to appeal to the younger generation. And the younger generation currently is far too informed to be like, oh, hey, fellow school chit, self, er, fuck off. <laughs> well, there's only one president I know that that really, you know, appeased the the young crowd. That was Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. You know, he pleased the hell out of them. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he uh, uh, Cal Penn from uh, oh God, Harold and Kumar was on his staff for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And he made a stop in Montana. On at the University of Montana campus to you know kind of talk about why Obama is the best choice and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really phenomenal the youth support that he's garnered. The only other president I can think of besides him would be Kennedy. He was really popular in his day, from what I've read. Um, <laughs> here we go again with the age thing, Janet. I'm sure that you're more aware of that than I am. <laughs> I was reading comments. No worries. <laughs> go for it. Huh? Do I get to swear again? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Did you? Oh, you didn't hear my question. Um, uh, they they were talking about how uh, Obama was, um, you know, the the one president who has managed to really connect with the younger generation and has uh, attracted a lot of uh, celebrities that appeal to them, etc. And um, I, I was trying to think of somebody comparable at least uh, in the last century. And the only person I could think of was, was John Kennedy. Or Bill Clinton. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I don't think Clinton connected on quite the same level as Barack Obama has, but he did a really good job. He did. Um, but I know just the stories I've read of the, the people that Kennedy inspired to enter public service um, are just amazing. Be because I, I can't imagine a president giving a speech today and getting so many young people to just go into public service like he did. Um, and you know, that's, that's what we Democrats yeah. are good at. I must say. And, uh, Jeb may he fall on his face 
for yeah. it is over. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he just—he should. I don't know what he's hanging on for. The money, I guess. Probably. He's still. He's got to buy the jewelry and stuff. You know. Yeah, because he's certainly not hanging on for a vice presidential spot. I can tell you that much. That would be. Whew. Well, he's got better things to do. He don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Very, yeah, very he true. wants to take selfies with brand new iPhones. Yeah, and get that perfect lighting and the perfect shot of him looking (laughs) off into the distance. It's like, what you think about Bush? Uh, Presidential things. Well, you know what? (laughs) He needs to learn to do that because they photoshopped one of his um, pictures or something, or had like color color spot people put stuff on, and they left him with a African American hand. And so, I mean, I really think he needs to maybe do this selfie so that kind of stuff doesn't happen yeah but it, it at this point though it it's just <sighs> the fact that he's focusing on it is is just a desperate last plea of a dying man you know he, he's trying to I know, appeal I mean, he tried to he said he voted he was hispanic mm. then he comes in with um hands that with a lot darker melanin shall we say than he has yeah so it was at his like See, I'm part black too. Y- mm-hmm. You know what? I, I I don't know. Yeah, and not to he mention somebody. <laughs> not to mention Jeb can fix it, which I think is the greatest <laughs> campaign slogan <laughs> blunder of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb will fix it. He can. Uh, I've got a that clogged toilet. Yeah. Yep. I'll call him right away. All right. So we're going. <laughs> To go ahead and uh, head to a break. Uh, When we come back, we will be moving on to Don't Know Shit from Applesauce. Uh, This week's uh, segment of that brought to you by Karma. We have a lot of sponsors this show. So don't change that dial. We'll be right back here on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country. So we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hey Joe, what are you doing? Repairing the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show. You mean the Tim Cormall show right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics? Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load. So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car. Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in. Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at IndieMediaWeekly.com. Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. 
This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. If somewhere within the Bible, I were to find a passage that said two plus two equals five, I wouldn't question what I'm reading in the Bible. I would believe it, accept it as true, and then do my best to work it out and to understand it. That just makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck. Oh, my. My, my. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival for the final hour of our show. That <laughs> <laughs> Bill Knight clip. I know it's amazing. It's it's fun to play before. Don't know shit from applesauce. I have to say. Um, <laughs> so I would like to welcome back to the program, Mister Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee, the man who does know shit from applesauce. Welcome back, sir. Hey everyone. Hey everyone in the chat room. Snork, Caitlin, Nova, everyone in there. Sister Jones. Sister Joe, yeah. Hey, sweetie. Love you, baby. Sister <laughs> 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 yeah, cool. I like her, man. She's cool. Yes, yes she is. She I, is a sweetie. I wish we could do name-calling on the and show Caitlin, for the chat she's room. she's one of my favorites, too. Yes. Yeah. Caitlin is yeah. awesome. And coincidentally, she will be on the program quite soon. So we look forward yes. to having her on again. We have somebody that we're working on right now for the 10th. Sister Joe will be on the 17th and then i think caitlin's the 24th and my sister says love you back joey yeah all right and uh of course uh joining us the man from missoula montana mr john kendall who is aware that two plus two equals four welcome to the show sir now see that common core math says two plus two equals five to the 10th power of six (laughs) 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 <laughs> Gotta love Common Core. <laughs> oh, gosh. And last but not least, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, who escaped Common Core in a valiant, valiant, valiant way. Welcome yes, back. Yes, I, re- I retired. Yes. <laughs> I did not teach my students Common Core. I taught them the old-fashioned way. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It was it was a fight, but I did it. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, we could do name calling. Of course, we're going to talk about that later at the top of the second hour. We 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 possibly could. We we would have to call it something else, though. Or you know, Kenny might come after us with a copyright infringement lawsuit. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to risk that. You know, oh, well. who's in the house? 
Who's in that? Yeah, yeah. Who's who, who's who, in the house with the three J's? Yeah, who's in the house? Oh yeah, the three J's are calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> who's here for the hoot nanny? No, I don't. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Okay. Yeah. Who's here for a hoot nanny? Yeah, that's a southern thing. And poor there Caitlin's been saying, "Oh, Caitlin's got like blushy cheeks," and she said, "Joey." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Caitlin's had to go girl. to bed. Yeah. Oh, poor Paul. <laughs> and well, Grimmy had to get off because, uh, you know. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, and like Caitlin said, we could always ask permission. But I this think who's true. here in the hoot nanny or the hood or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Would that be good? We can I, talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we will discuss it after the program. Uh, but for now, it's time to get into Don't Know Shit from Applesauce. Uh, as I said before, brought to you by Karma. So this is going to be a fun one this week. So let's go ahead and get that rolling. All I ask from you is a very simple answer to a very simple question. Are you crazy? <laughs> or just plain stupid? But I will ask that everyone please behave... He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Can I help you with that? Y'all don't know shit from Applesauce. All right, welcome to Don't Know Shit from Applesauce, the part of the program where we talk about folks who don't know shit from Applesauce. And, of course, as my mother says that I do not give her enough credit uh, for her having brought me into the world, I will give her credit on being the one to yell, y'all don't know shit from Applesauce at the end of that. <laughs> so You know, I love that. <laughs> 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 she's fun i'm looking forward to uh uh sort of a spoiler here we're, we're gonna try to do some we're going to try to do something special for mother's day um it will probably have some pre-recorded interviews and i hope to interview my mom so you will all get to hear about that and uh hopefully we will get to hear janet's gracious and incredible son interview her that would be fun <laughs> oh man that's scary <laughs> it's gonna be i imagine what kind of things he'd say well uh I, i'm sure that we would all love would love to hear it yeah then you'll yeah you'll see a resemblance in our personalities <laughs> <laughs> it's a very very good thing well okay so let's uh get back to the news at hand uh our very first candidate who was dealt karma at the very end of 2015. A man who was quite famous for being a major battle. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, load the audio here because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just too beautiful. It's too beautiful. So here we go. About Mr. Scully. And for that, we're going to go to Carrie Geiger, who did break the story. Carrie? Hi, good morning, David. So very uh, interesting, exciting news in the world of pharmaceuticals. And of course, Martin Shkreli, who's been dubbed by uh, the media as the, um, you know, the bad boy of the pharmacy industry. He was arrested today on suspicion of securities fraud. And it's not related to what he's really um, been criticized for over the last several weeks, which is hiking up the price of life-saving drugs through his um, his company, Turing Pharmaceutical, but it's actually transactions and um, payments that he made using money from a previous firm that he founded called Retrofin. So he basically um, is accused of taking money and stock from Retrofin and using it to pay off personal and bus unrelated personal and business debts. Gary, would he ever have been caught or even looked at had he not been in the news, dubbed the bad boy? Well, I think that's an interesting question. I think that 
obviously this case would not be such a big deal if he hadn't didn't have such a huge public profile. But um, interestingly enough, the company which he's accused of taking money for, which he founded in 2011, Retrofin, actually sued him in August for many of these same issues that federal prosecutors are now looking at him for. So it has been laid out in a civil lawsuit, and federal prosecutors basically took a really close look at those allegations, um, and they might have even started looking before that. Um, and this is just straight-up securities fraud, basically taking money from one pot to pay off um, people that he owed money to. And according to both the lawsuit and how these charges are going to roll out, he did not have the company's permission to do that. All right, so... Oh my god, first of all, I cannot tell you how excited I was when I saw the pictures of Shkreli being taken into custody. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely beautiful. That, and it was one of, to me, it was one of the best stories of 2015, was him coming out with his little hoodie up, and mm-hmm. he had handcuffs on, and he <laughs> didn't look so cocky then. No, he was definitely knocked down a peg or two. And uh, John, I, I think really probably the funniest part about it is, you know, they asked the reporter, uh, you know, would this have even happened had he not raised these drug prices and put himself in the news like he did? And, um, you know, be apparently he committed some fraud there. And uh, since he rose his profile, he increased the chance of this happening. Yeah, it was it was basic peacocking, like, you know, I did this thing, look at me, I'm bad, look at me with all my bad boy tattoos, and <laughs> although he probably doesn't have any tattoos, but I digress. <laughs> Anyways, it was, it was, like, it was, it was truly gratifying seeing him, you know, like, his rise in douchebag power, he's like, yeah! Like, I'm untouchable, you know. Will I reduce the price? Won't I? Will I? Won't I? Will I? Won't I? And then all of a sudden, like, I got up when when he was arrested, and I saw that he had been arrested, and I'm like, yeehaw, his descent into, you know, <laughs> criminal prison is is close at hand. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And I hope that he enjoys every minute of it. Uh, Joey, please go ahead. Yeah, he, he reminded me of one of them TV villains or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he done bought, bought something and, and, and just fucking everybody over it, you know, knowing it saved lives. Yeah. But he want more and more and more and more and more, you know. I yeah. hate people like that. I, and, oh, my God. AIDS patients. Because, you know, if I own something like that, I, I make it cheap because I know I'm going to get rich off of it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make it dirt cheap. I'm going to save me some lives, man. Mm-hmm. Greed and is it a wasn't just thing. even AIDS patients. It's people with uh, low immune systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful I've never had to use any of his meds. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I take immune had... suppressors and um, mm-hmm. so... You know, it's you always have to keep going from one pill to another. If after one pill, you know, wears out, then you move on to another one. Yeah. So, you know, these people are just, he's an ass. He's just an ass. Him and his lawyer. Oh, yeah. Who went to jail with him. (laughs) (laughs) Which was well deserved. (laughs) But, uh, 
You know that. I, but I want to. I want to do it. I do want to say something. Yeah. Not all lawyers are bad. I have a daughter who's a lawyer. Ah. Just, I want to put that disclaimer out there. there Miss Rachel. Nah. Yes. Alma's I, mama. Okay. Well, I, I will refrain from making lawyer jokes. Then I'll have to keep that in mind. Um. <laughs> She's a good lawyer. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, but but I will tell you since you know we're we're talking about sick people and we do care about the sick here on Southern Progressive Revival. Um, there was a terrible disease that afflicted a teen this year. A terrible, terrible disease for which we thought there was no cure. But thankfully, we found it. Let's roll the clip. We were the agency that had to work the initial accident scene, uh, had a tremendously vested interest in making sure that, that Ethan Couch was brought to justice, felt like at the time that the court system did not adequately uh, access assess any punishment or, or adequate punishment at least and so when he uh, then disappeared obviously people in this agency who had to work that crime scene and deal with the victim's families and do everything they did took it very personally so it was a very high priority for us to uh, make sure that we found him and got him back uh, and uh, we're very hopeful that very soon that's going to happen and he'll be back he'll be back here but the first thing i need to do is express the great amount of appreciation i have not only for the marshal's office uh rick's people have just gone above and beyond in this case for us to to, to help locate uh, uh ethan and his mom the da's office has played a, as always a pivotal role in that uh the marshal's fugitive task force that works out of this area both the district attorney the marshal and our agency all have uh, people assigned to that task force, they have worked tirelessly almost around the clock on this since uh, since the disappearance of, of, of Ethan and his mom. So all of those people, not to mention police agencies across the state and across the country, every lead we had that we needed followed up somewhere else, we contacted a police agency and they took care of it for us. Everyone's been tremendously cooperative. So yeah, Joey, uh, this this <laughs> poor young man that was afflicted by affluenza, oh, man, they I cured feel it. So sorry for the kid, man. You know, know. got a problem, man. You know, <laughs> man, come on, man. Influenza, man. You know that's serious. That's serious. It is absolutely. <laughs> I can't imagine what being having so much money. It no, must be such poor. a burden. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly how he feel, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, with, <laughs> since <laughs> just kicked his ass, <laughs> it did. And yeah, man. you and know, those poor people he killed, man. <laughs> yeah, Some innocent people, man. You know, it, serious, exactly. Dude. And he just got it. He thought he got away with it, but that would have been me. Shoot, I'd probably be waiting to get. You know, what I'm saying, wait for that needle right about now. Yep. You'd be under the jail or on death row, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, John, you know, <laughs> as uh, someone who will be receiving a, a small $1 million loan shortly, <laughs> I'm sure that you can understand the burden of affluenza. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I will just be here all affluenza out, you know, bigger TV, maybe a PS4 and an Xbox <laughs> One, and a Wii U because I live extravagantly. Um, and you know just maybe a few more creature comforts like a couple arcade machines in my bedroom yeah 
You know, just, so, just, just basic necessities, really. Yeah, basic necessities, you know. <laughs> you know, to heck with buying food or things that matter. And, you know, I'll just go all out. <laughs> also a tricked-out Ferrari in, in your 10-car garage, right? Well, you know, you need that for your basic commutes, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I don't think I could do a Ferrari. I'd get in and it'd tilt to the side. Like, how am I supposed to ride it? <laughs> I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, oh, man. Janet, I, I know that you have so much to say about this. <laughs> this poor, poor boy. Uh, and his mother, so <laughs> I'll let you have I am just snickering, snickering. And no, number one, his mother looks like Carrot Top. Have you seen her? <laughs> <laughs> she does. She's had a whole lot of work. They should have stopped about 13 or 14 procedures ago. But she looks just like Carrot Top. Anyway, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I understand them coming in and trying to defend him and keep him out of prison because you would want to protect your child. Even though your child was drunk and killed four people, it's still your child. You love him. But this woman is pathological, just pathological. Not only did she take her son to Mexico, she threw away. She had a going away party for him before they went why didn't anybody call the cops? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Maybe, it, why, huh? maybe in the goodie bags there was a small loan of a million dollars. There could have been. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. A, a couple of wrapped up envelopes, pretty thick. Yeah. <laughs> Something nice. Something this like like like, like like at the Catholic weddings, the little bridal purse thing, you know, they got the little money off in the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> had one of them going away bags, you know, and hey, y'all pass this around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look what's inside there. Got a nice little present for you. Yeah. Wait a second. How'd my marijuana get in that purse? Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what else, too, is Mm. when he was originally tried and, you know, got off with affluenza, he was still young enough to be under the juvenile court system. Mm. But when they try him for probation violations and the conspiracy and all this kind of stuff are taken off this time, they're going to try to get him um, as an adult. Yep. He's going to have to (laughs) face the judge as a big boy this time, so... That's gonna be. be the, I would love to be the prosecutor on this. Oh yeah, that would be. It would be fairly easy job. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> but um, and I gotta say, all right. Mm. When you looked at Caratop, Mama, <laughs> you, you get, as the judge, you would have had to have laughed. <laughs> I'm serious. That woman is just woo. <laughs> she does look just like him. Oh gosh. Have yeah, you seen picture? I have, and I I didn't put the two together quite until you said it, and uh, th- that was perfect timing, might I say, because uh, I almost spit water everywhere. Uh, <laughs> th- thankfully, my mic is saved for another show. But um, <laughs> yeah, if somebody can get a picture of her and put it in chat, that would be great. Um, <laughs> 
I can't wait to see that. <laughs> it does. I just was like, whoa. Yeah. Had had Judge Judy not gone off the deep end, I would say, you know, she 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 would be the fun one to have up there. But, you know, that's okay. It's all right. It's all good. But, uh... I'll, I'll let you talk about the Mormon church while I look for Carrot Top. Okay, yes, yes. So, we, we're going to have church for a minute, folks. So, uh... And then the last half hour is going to be just fun stuff. It will be, indeed. It will be quite fun. And educational, because we are primarily a uh, educational show. Um... But yeah, and Caitlin, it will not involve poop, but it will involve urine. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "This is going to be like, kind of like the poop episode." <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do, we do not use poop in this house. That is our one ground rule. But um... <laughs> don't say poop in his house. Exactly. Yes, we're gonna have to record that now. <laughs> we're distilling everything for turn up the night tonight. It, it's it's fine. Uh, it's fine. We uh, love we you, Kenny. Stop biting, man. We gotta stop biting. <laughs> <laughs> you know they used to say that back in the eighties when we was breakdancing. Man, you bite my moves, man. You know, bite. <laughs> we don't want to bite bite Kenny's moves. Man. Yep, yep. We cannot bite his moves. But what we can do is what we do best, which no other show does on this network, which is have church. So I, your Reverend Jonathan. Ah, we're going to have church. So, the Latter-day Saints, I'm sure if any of you have heard of Southern Pastor, you you get that. Um, so, there was an incredible site at the Mormon Tabernacle in Salt Lake City, Utah, when thousands of Mormons surrounded the church to submit their official, official resignation letters. Uh, according to reports... There were more than 2,500 in attendance, with the majority announcing their plans to quit in the wake of the church's bigoted stance toward gay couples and their children. Over 1,500 resignations were filed. Uh, there were another 2,000 requests processed by attorneys from individuals who weren't able to attend in person. Uh, lawyers were on hand to help the hundreds of people waiting in line to get their resignation forms filled out. Uh People out here say the uh, people out in Salt Lake City say that the church has targeted groups for years and that they're just not going to stand for it any longer. That's why so many, as hard as it may be, felt that it was the right decision to walk away from the Mormon church. Um, uh, Quote here, uh, it's not easy, but on the same token, I have to stand up for humanity and stand for the right thing. And to me, supporting these people here and their efforts to understand those of us who are in mixed families, all families matter, all lives matter. That is a quote from Aaron Rosen, who is now a former Mormon. Uh, Church President Thomas S. Monson made a plea on Twitter for those people not to quit but it clearly didn't have very much of an effect on them. Uh, he stated, I plead with you to avoid anything that will deprive you of your happiness here in mortality and in eternal life in the world to come. So really, when you threaten your people with eternal damnation and it doesn't work, you've lost them. So I would like to give... <laughs> A hearty congratulations to those brave members of the Church of Latter-day Saints who submitted their resignations uh, because the church does not reflect their values. And, uh, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, we, we of course, are a uh, typically majority Christian-dominated, since uh, Joey and I are Christians. But, uh, John, since you were not, and uh, you and Joey have now evened out the show this evening, I would like to get your opinion on this. If John is available. Well, I think he said he'd be back. Ah, okay. I am so sorry. Okay. So, uh, when John returns, uh, we, well, actually, we will not have enough time. So, uh, Joey, uh, I hand the mic over to you, sir. Yeah, man, that's, that's pretty cool, man. You know, I done met some Mormon guys, man. You know them guys, you know, you see them in the black and white, you know, the white shirts and the black pants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and and what I applaud them about, man, they walk in the roughest neighborhoods and won't get touched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know they come, you know, and and you know that that's pretty cool, man, for them to stand up like that to, you know, at, for their church, like you know, against their church, like they religion or the church, or whatever, their congregation or they whatever. Yeah, that was pretty, you know, pretty brave. You know, I give them, they give, I give them their props. It is, and yeah. uh, you know, something that it reminds me of too, and uh, I forgot about it. We should have included it in the uh, programming, but. I did not think about it until now, so we didn't have a chance to write it up. Uh, Jimmy Carter finally left the Southern Baptist Convention uh, for the exact same reason uh, that you know they're they're fighting against the social justice that he has fought for ever since yeah. he was president and beyond. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of movements like this, and I hope that these denominations that are still embracing, uh, you know, hate and and fear. And using well, the promise of eternal damnation to get people to treat people differently. You know, these people fail to realize, Jonathan, the times are changing, man. And people want to be happy. Yeah. You know, they want to be happy, man. And I'm, a, you know, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you are. As long as you respect me as a man or respect me as a person or respect me as a black man, I'm good, man. You know, I respect you even more. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to see you. You know, see you get ha- you know be happy. Yeah, I don't want to see no sad person. You know, <laughs> I stay sad sometimes myself, but you know, I pep myself up and and just go on with life. There you, you go. You know, life is too precious, man. You know, to be such a bitter person and and just hate people. Yep, it is absolutely way too short and way too precious. Yeah. All right. So, uh, people, you know, hate a group mm-hmm. of people, you know, uh, you know, what they look like or what religion they are, what sexual orientation they are. You know, we all human beings, man. You know. Yep. We all bleed red. That's how my mama yeah. taught me. Yeah, so, man. Yep. So it's a it's a beautiful thing that they are standing up to show that the times they are a changing and it's time to get in line. Yes, uh, sir. So we're going to go ahead and uh, cut to break real quick because we have so much to get in in such a short amount of time. I want to go ahead and let all of you know out there in chat land, if you have any New Year's traditions or resolutions, if you would like to go ahead and put those in chat now or think about what they are, please do because we will be going over those at the very end of the show. Uh, But right now we are heading to a break, so don't change that dial. We'll be right back here on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival. 
at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the very final segment of our All Good News special here on our first episode of 2016 at Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, and joining me as always are uh, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, sir. Hello, guys. Hello, chat room. Hello, everyone listening. It's It's great to be here. It is. Having some fun. Yes, and thank you for sticking in with us for the whole show. Oh, yeah. There have been <laughs> there have been you. ups and downs. It's been rough, but we're, yeah, we're it's been rough. But you know, I'm hanging in there, brother. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> there you go. All right. And uh, of course, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Welcome back, ma'am. Well, thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm glad everybody's hanging in with us. 
Yes, indeed. We Thank lost so. a few, but... Aww. Well, that's okay. Um, we we have the podcast available, and uh, right. we we love you, even if you have to leave early because you were here at all. So, but that, that me has to go because of the library closing. And yeah, yeah. So the normal we, ones, yeah, that have we, to leave. We love you, Grimmy. We love you, and uh, we we love all of you. But that doesn't give an excuse for any of you who are here now to leave early. This no. is a warning. All right, and last but certainly not least, (laughs) absolutely, and uh, last but certainly not least, uh, the man who is the star of Mike Check Radio, which airs every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern here on Indie Media Weekly, Mr. John Kendall. Welcome back, sir. Uh, You're welcome, and Caitlin bringing up, saying saying they should bring Kenny and Tom on, that's Dirty Pool, because there's only room for Jays on this show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor John. We we love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, are going to get, as I said, to the educational part of the show. If you didn't catch it on the way out from break, uh, if you have any New Year's resolutions or traditions, please put those in chat. Uh, Janet will be looking over those and sharing them. <laughs> At the end of the show. And Caitlin says, J-A-K, well, excuse me. Ooh. <laughs> I feel a little fire brewing. I think that there might be a match coming up between Mr. John Arthur Kendall and Caitlin Chris. <laughs> and we know that Caitlin will ultimately be successful. So, moving on to the no! educational part of the show. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is the fun, fun part. The fun last half hour. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, Janet, I will let you lead up this first story. Uh, of course, here in the South, we have a whole lot of idioms that we are famous for. Um, and Janet found a lovely article that explains the origins of a lot of them. Uh, some of them are not Southern exclusive, but a lot of them are used primarily here. So Janet, take it away. All right. Um, just a second here. We had Francie that just came in. So I was saying she might want to give us a resolution or a tradition that she does on New Year's. Beautiful. Yeah, I've gotten something from uh, Caitlin. Joe's given us her new one. Awesome. So guys better think, Snork and Francie and them. All right. This is Origins that you probably never heard. All right. Now, I promise Caitlin urine. No poop this time. Well, <laughs> there, there might be. I think there is, actually. Never mind, Caitlin. I'm sorry. Um, there, there's a term that says these are all terms and how they got started they used to use urine to tan animal skins so families used to all pee in a pot once a day it was taken and sold to the tannery so there's the term to survive you had to be piss poor Hmm. is that weird had you already heard that john or anybody I never know. I, I, me myself, I never heard of that. But I always heard the word "piss poor." Mm-hmm. But I ain't never yeah. known the origin of it and what it yeah. meant. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Well, yeah, know the origins grand, either. You know, and I have uh, a pea pot. Well, not it's a pea pot or a 
things that they used to use back in the day when you didn't want to go out to the outhouse. Um, and so I inherited my great grandparents and I put flowers in it. Now I wish I had enough because it's got a little rust on the bottom, but oh well. I wasn't going to use it for anything because I knew what was in it, yeah, even though it would have been clean. It's another old saying I hear a lot too is, uh, is uh, what's don't that? have a pot to piss in? Piss in or when to throw out of. Oh, but we're well, getting it. Funny you should mention that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But oh, what's shoot. even worse than really poor folks were those that couldn't afford to buy the pot. They didn't have a pot to piss in and were considered the lowest of the low. And I remember hearing that all the time. We don't have a pot to piss in or doesn't have a pot to piss in, but he can afford to go to the bar every day. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. And most people got uh, only took a bath once a year. That was one big tub filled with hot water. They got married in June because they took their yearly baths in May, and they smelt pretty good yet by June. But since they were starting to smell, brides carried a bouquet of flowers to hide body odor. I'm sorry. No bath for a month. You're going to be, this could take more than those flowers. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You kill the flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on where you're going to put them things. (laughs) Woo! Rub them liberally all over yourself, and then perhaps, but who knows? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Nosegays. (laughs) <laughs> to get a little crass here, can we all agree that it's better than a tube of cookie dough? <laughs> yes, it is certainly much better than a yeah. tube of cookie oh, dough. Yeah. She said they were sewn into their clothes, too, which were lice-ridden. Huh. The nose case. Snork says he showers every month whether he needs it or not. Yeah, snor- snork you. <laughs> snork you, snarky fellow you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that because that that one is so interesting because it explains both the uh, June bride, which is of course still a popular month to get married in, and the reason why brides carry bouquets. So, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, can you imagine what a wedding night was like back then? I- I'm just gonna take a Janet moment. Oh my god! And uh... <laughs> and you know, my grandpa would take a bath on Saturday, and my grandma'd say <laughs> she'd always get on him about taking a bath more Mm. that's not good for your skin and she's like get in there you know you take a bath and he goes oh you want me to take a bath on saturday whether i need it or not and i'm like whether you need it or not (laughs) (laughs) now he came from the old country okay (laughs) to take Mm -hmm. it crass again after this one jonathan's gonna be like oh no more john a wedding night in the south probably sounds like, "Oh, you're my sister. You're my sister." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Well, and like Caitlin said, uh, remember everybody back then. No one bathed, so they all smelled. And Nova said, "Yeah, it's perspective." Yeah, this is true. <laughs> it's hard to imagine now, but back then it was. Uh... Snork thought it. They got married in June because he wore enough to have sex outside on the wedding night, so they didn't have to do it in front of the rest of the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, the educational aspect of this went south real quick, but... 
<laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> All right, yeah. You, you would have taken this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll we'll do one more because uh, we need to uh, get to resolutions, and I think that that'll probably take a little bit. But um, uh, so when well, it came, we yeah, we can probably do two or three more. We'll, we'll try to hurry. Okay. Some of them. All right. So uh, when it came time to take that yearly bath, there, folks, uh, the men of the house had the privilege of nice, clean water. So the man would go first, then all of the sons then the other men, and then the women, and finally the children. And the very last that were able to take a bath were, of course, the babies. Uh, by then, the water was so dirty, you could actually lose someone in, t- in it, hence the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hmm. Isn't that disgusting? And it's like when you eat, mm-hmm. you know, you it was always the men, and you went that way down. But why wouldn't you do the babies? the kids and the women first because they wouldn't be near as filthy as those men yeah you you have to wonder and and plus babies and children have less surface area in theory so the <laughs> bath water would puke sign <laughs> yeah. or at least do two tubs yeah those poor babies i feel sorry for yeah, the olden well, day babies Caitlin's right patriarchy i'm yep. i'm still on the bandwagon of Baths are inferior to showers. Well, I take like, a shower too. I agree completely. I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that s- sees a bathtub and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to sit in that all day. No, no, like, <laughs> ugh, ugh, no, no, Magusta. <laughs> okay, houses with thatch roofs with thick straw piled high and no wood underneath and it was the only place for animals to get warm so the cats and other animals mice and bugs lived on the roof when it rained it became slippery and the animals would fall off the roof hence the saying it's raining cats and dogs Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> oh god ooh, ooh. but a bed with bed posts and a sheet hung over the top afforded protections so that's how canopies came into existence and there you go Oh, God. Oh, God. And the floor was dirt, so the wealthy had something other than dirt. The dirt, the term dirt poor, which... Mm-hmm. And yeah. the wealthy had slate floors that would get slippery in the winter when wet, so they spread thresh or straw on the floor to keep their footing. And as winter wore on, they added more thresh until, when you opened the door, it would all start slipping outside. A piece of wood was placed in the entranceway, hence a threshold. In those days, they cooked a ki- in a kitchen with a big kettle that always hung over the fire. Every day, they lit the fire and added things to the pot. They ate mostly vegetables and didn't get much meat. They would eat the stew for dinner, leaving leftovers in the pot to get cold overnight, and, ugh, and then start over the next days. <laughs> Sometimes stew had food in it that had been there quite a while. Hence the rhyme, peas porridge hot, peas porridge cold, peas porridge in the pot, nine days old. Yes, it was true. Oh, talk to him about the pork. <laughs> mm. Okay. So sometimes... I have one. Oh, what do you got, John? Uh, do you know how the band Three Dog Night got their name? No. Wow. They were traveling somewhere that was really, really cold. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they didn't have a band name. So they went and they stayed in a tent. And um, one of the locals said... Well, it's a three-dog night. And they were like, okay, what's that mean? 
Well, a one dog night meant it was cold enough that you could have one dog with you. A two dog night, you would have two dogs with you. A three dog night, you had three dogs with you to uh-huh. keep you warm. I like it. Huh. That's really cool. Mm. Huh. Yes, I learned it in high school, so. There you go. That is really cool. Okay, so tell them about the bacon. So pork. Uh, Sometimes they could obtain pork, which made them feel quite special. When visitors came over, they would hang up their bacon to show off. It was a sign of wealth that a man could bring home the bacon. They would cut off a little to share with guests and would all sit around and chew the fat. Oh, God. In those (laughs) days, those with money had a place made of pewter. Food high in acidic content caused the lead... Um, and led to lead poisoning. That happened most often with tomatoes, so over the next 400 years or so, they were considered poisonous. Isn't that cool? And the bread was divided according to status. Workers got the bottom burnt bottom of the loaf, naturally. Family got the middle, and the guests got the upper crust. And uh, lead cups were used to drink ale or whiskey. The combination would sometimes knocks, knock the imbibers out for a couple of days. Uh, someone walking along the road would take them for dead and prepare them for burial. They were laid out on the kitchen table for a couple of days, and the family would gather around and eat and drink and wait to see if they would wake up. Hence the custom of holding awake. In old small villages, local folks started running out of places to bury people, so they dug up coffins and would take the bones to a bone house and reuse the grave. When opening the coffins, one in 25 were found to have scratch marks on the inside, and they realized they may have been burying people alive. So they would tie a string on the wrist of the corpse that led it through the coffin and up through the ground to tie it to a bell. Someone would sit out on the graveyard all night, the graveyard shift, to listen for the bell. Thus, someone could be saved by the bell or was considered a dead ringer. Oh. Mm. So, whoever said history was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Francie's like, horrible, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Francie. Oh, gosh. All right. So, we we got through those, which was super fun, might I say. Uh, next time, we'll have to make more time for something like that because that was actually... Uh, we should start doing that more often. Something educational. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, but uh, Janet, if you would be so kind, or or Joey or John, if you're in the chat, uh, I would like to hear some of the traditions or um, resolutions uh, from our uh, uh, kind okay. listeners. I'm going to tell you, let me see. Every year, you know, I spend, uh, you know, time with moms, of, you know, my pop, my stepfather, when he was living, spend time with them and. Moms used to make a big old pot of black-eyed peas, and she'd make either chitlins or hog moths or, and uh, a big old pot of uh, cabbage and some cornbread. You know, the black-eyed peas means you have good luck for the, you know, for the year. Mm-hmm. That's why she make black-eyed peas every year. Ah. They still do here, too. And we do, you, did, you do, too, don't you, Jonathan? Yeah. The only thing, though, is that we do collards instead of cabbage, and that's for greenbacks, which is money. <laughs> and uh, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to stay the same. I'm not going to make a New Year's resolution because I always break it because I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stay the same. You're already perfect, Joey. You should say the same. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll read one out of the chat. Okay. Caitlin Chris. New Year's traditions, wearing red for Lunar New Year, 
You clean the house leading up to the new year, eat long noodles, and most of those are Chinese traditions. Very okay. cool. John? And then Nova says not too many traditions here. No. Yeah, I I really don't. Um, our specialty is uh, Christmas traditions. Um, but for New Year's, I don't remember ever having a New Year's tradition. Um, Resolution-wise, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat with Joey. I mean, it's hard to improve on perfection. (laughs) 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 I I mean, I'm going to sleep the same amount. I'm going to, you know, do the same things, you know, co-host on Saturday, play video games, you know, I may start working out, but that's for, you know, you know, neither here or there. So. All right. But, Joe's... Uh, Snork says we don't practice Danish traditions like throwing chips, ceramic plates at friends' houses. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do that. That would be fun. Sister Joe says she's doing her New Year resolution. She's eating something green for dinner. Brussels sprouts. Very cool. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts. They oh, I so do good. too. Especially Brussels with the sprouts. Italian dressing. Huh, I've never Marinate tried them that them way. That. They just remind me of tiny cabbages. I've never understood the lack of appeal since I love cabbage. Because I, I know wish. I love Brussels sprouts and cabbage too. Mm-hmm. They're really good. <laughs> so okay. Francie said, I try not to make resolutions, just watch the ball drop, reflect on the past year, and hope a better new year. Opportunity for growth. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, oh, gosh, I was trying to think. Uh, uh, Janet, you, your, your turn, I think, would be a good time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I used to do resolutions, but I never made it. And it was always involved losing weight. And I still have, the cardiologist wants me to lose 15 more pounds. But I'm really having a hard time getting rid of it. So I guess I'm going to have to just start exercising more and be really careful with my diet, which I would do anyway because I don't want to go through what I went through last year. So I guess just being good to me. There you go. That is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, and I would have had cabbage, corn, beef, cabbage, and corn beef, you know, and cabbage. But after uh, Thanksgiving, it's too close to Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, that sounds good. We always have that for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I do too. I try used to get it in like two or three times a year because my son would eat the whole thing if you'd let him. Well, <laughs> I don't blame can't him. Can't stop him now. But <laughs> <laughs> So if I know he's going to be with me, then I make sure I get a big one. Good. Because he loves that. Oh, it's it's wonderful. What, was there anybody else in chat that had a tradition or resolution? Or? I'm trying to look. I, remind me, I want to go back to something snort-typed. Okay. Um, uh, Snork also said he's going to shower every month if he needs it or not. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you, Snork. We appreciate that. <laughs> chat appreciates it, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, yo, yeah. do you have one? 
<clears throat> Let's see. Hopin John is a variant of New Year's food consumed to gain luck. Hopin John? Uh, oh, it's, it, I can weigh in on this one. Um, it's black-eyed peas mixed with um, jalapeno and mm. tomato, mm. and it's just, uh, it's fantastic. That sounds awesome. Like, you, what I do is, like, put it in, like, a regular skillet and just get it warm and tasty and, ah, uh, in my mouth. Wow. <laughs> Theo said also there's a Scots tradition of having a tall man in dark clothes with a lump of coal in one pocket, first foot, one's house, New Year's, ha- hogmany for good luck in the coming year. Huh. H-O-G-M-A-N-Y. Naturally, I'd be reading Theo's and get this, the pronunciation wrong. You yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> hey, Janet, Janet, search this out a minute. I'm going to try to get something special done real quick. Okay. And then Chris says, I try to have corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes at least once a year. She boils the beef, roasts the potatoes, and stir-fries the cabbage. Now, that's interesting. I um, do, And then Francie does cabbage with bacon fat. Ooh, that sounds good. Except my doctor wouldn't like that too good. But that does sound good. Um, I put mine in a, a slow cooker and then just let it let it go all day. Mm-hmm. Egg rolls use cabbage, too, he said. Ah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have them the... Are, uh, them are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man, those are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have uh, we have the traditional meal of uh, hog jowls, uh, which are spelled jowls. I'm... Honestly, I, I try not to have a southern accent on the air, but I'm not sure if you're supposed to pronounce it jowls with a standard American accent or not. Um, we have collard greens, which we render down with a little bit of the hog jaws. Um, black-eyed peas, which we also <laughs> render down with hog jaws. And uh, <laughs> cornbread. And uh, according to my mother, uh, I tried to get her to come to the program, but her door is shut, so that she is probably asleep. <laughs> or uh, up to nefarious activities. Um Hog jaws don't really do anything, but the collards are for money, and uh, black-eyed peas are for luck and good health. Um, and as far as my uh, New Year's resolutions are concerned, I am going to get back to eating low-sodium and low-cholesterol, uh, because I had been eating that way for a very long time until I moved in with my delightful southern mother, who believes that... Uh, Oil and salt are the most delicious things in the world, and for uh, in a lot of cases they are. But you know, yes. yeah. have to yeah. avoid that. Yeah, speaking, <laughs> yeah, coming from a, a guy with a southern mom, shoot, <laughs> soul food. Oh man, Ain't oh yeah, pork salt. Oh yeah. And Theo <laughs> said he mistyped that. It's hog many many uh, celebrated in Scotland on New Year's Eve day. Ah, that's interesting. And Snork says you can make two. Tofu tastes like bacon and broil it for crispiness. And that Amazon has powdered butter that has artery-clogging oil removed. Ooh. Wow. Cool. That is really cool. And before we go, um, Snork has a GoFundMe page to help pay for the expenses of his wife's funeral. Okay. We will definitely post that on the Southern Progressive Revival page. Yeah, um, give us a link yeah. or 
you'll know how to find it, won't you, Jonathan? Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I'm sure that it's on his Facebook, so I can probably hunt it down. But if you if you wouldn't okay. mind putting it in chat, sir, I would greatly appreciate it. So if anybody would like to help him out with that, that would be awesome. Yes. Um, his wife died recently and needs some help. Okay, New Year's resolution is to use my new insurance to get my messed up body taken care of. Cool. Very good. So... Bless Leah for putting me on her policy. Very good. Very good. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Okay, here he's got it on there now. Okay. GoFundMe.slash6AGRJCHW. So. Okay. We will and we'll definitely. We'll put it in the paper. Yep. We'll start we, posting it. Yep. We will start posting it and uh, make sure that we can get you as much attention as we can. Uh, I am doing my own GoFundMe page right now, so I understand how difficult it is to get that out there. Um, but at any rate, uh, we are unfortunately pressing up against the 10 o'clock hour. So I am going to go ahead and move on to our farewells and we will begin with our special guest, Mr. John Kendall. Um, it was a great show. Um, I'll be back on Saturday for Mike check radio. Check it out. If you don't want to, that's cool too. We have a podcast that you can download and listen to all of my great vulgarity. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Jonathan, Janet, Joey, for having me on. Um, this was the four J's of the SPR apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, it was a great show. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, John. You certainly made the show, I have to say. No problem. All right, and we will move on next to Ms. Janet Lee, our very own Ms. Producer. Thank you for coming on like that, uh, John. I want to thank you. Um, and it was a great time, and next year we kind of go back into our, our regular type shows. But we're going to be kind of mixing it up a little bit. So, um, And if anybody has ideas of things they'd like to have us talk about, let us know. So, you know, like different uh, ideas for segments or if there's something you want to learn about. Um, and I kind of think this last half hour like this is kind of fun. It is. See if it, we can find some more fun history facts. It was totally fun. And uh, sort of adding to what you, you said, if there is any interest whatsoever in a Southern progressive revival, uh, I hesitate to call it a fan page because we're not quite as established as Turn Up the Night. But if there's an interest in a, a separate page where you can post things and uh, suggestions, just let us know and we will work on getting that going. Uh, but we will go ahead and move on next to Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I first, first I like to say my condolences, Snork, and you know, I'm, I'm there for you and and I'm going to try to do what I can on the GoFundMe page. And and uh, I'd like to thank you, John, for coming. Man, you're a lot of fun, bro. And I'd like to thank you, Jonathan, and you, Janet, and everybody in the chat room. I love you all, and everyone's listening. And yeah, I hope I, I hope 20, 2016 is going to be a good one. 
Absolutely. A great one. I mean, a great one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And from me, I would like to thank all of you for listening, whether you're doing so live or via our podcast. It is truly appreciated. It has been an honor to be your host. I look forward to maintaining the helm throughout 2016 with uh, the help of my phenomenal co-hosts, with whom this show would not be possible. Uh, without him, rather. I apologize. Um you all are amazing. You you are the reason that I wake up every day, other than my son, of course, and uh, and and do this. So thank you, thank you all so much for listening. You, I really love you all. So uh, happy New Year, first of all, and I hope that we have a very blue one. I hope that we have a lot more good news to give you this year. Uh, certainly enough to outweigh the bad. And uh, remember. Hashtag vote blue no matter who. So we are going to be signing off for tonight, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday here on Southern Progressive Revival, live once again from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful night, and goodbye, y'all. Love you, Joe. Bye-bye, everybody. I've got to let you go. Thank you so much. I okay, appreciate that's it. That's wonderful yeah, to see yeah, well, you. Yes, yeah. uh-huh, right. Yeah, great. You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.